Hey kids, for those in the audience that this applies to, we hope you've been enjoying the beginning of your lifetime subscription to Disney+. Since Rob and Zach don't have access to streaming services while we're deep within the Cinemodities restaurant, we have a call to action regarding one of our favorite films, Pixel Perfect. To show Disney that humanity truly loves Pixel Perfect, let it play on loop when you aren't watching something else on Disney+. Hell, Rob doesn't even recommend watching anything else on there, so just keep bumping the Zeta Bites and Loretta Modern. And don't forget, there's Huckapoo too. with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddies where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm mildly annoyed. Let me rant at you. Not at you, Zach. Put the, put the spritz bottle away. Let me rant. Let me rant for a second right here. Uh-oh. Danielle, cut the shit. Danielle, what the hell is wrong with you? Snap out of it. We didn't take you to fucking Disneyland to daydream about an attraction you are literally standing in front of. Go into the fucking attraction, Danielle. You stupid bitch. Cut the shit. I, I am incensed by Danielle in this film that we are discussing, or I guess VHS tape we're discussing today. Uh, oh, God, Danielle. God damn it. Can we start there, Zach? Is that okay? <laughs> Danielle is yelling at Danielle. Just yeah, yeah. Let's just both randomly yell at Danielle because she's she's standing out front of the haunted mansion or whatever, and she's daydreaming about what's going to happen when she goes inside. Just go inside. You had all your <laughs> fucking childhood to daydream about what Disneyland is like. Now just go. You're there. And that even happens after she daydreams. We get a song. The little other little kid is like Danielle, you stupid bitch. Come on. We have to get in line. I'm so angry at Danielle. Like Danielle like is. She's one of the people that if, if I took my 30,000 kids to Disneyland, <laughs> she's one of the ones I would leave behind. Like, come on, Danielle. You're foolish. You now? You're fuel- <laughs> I would leave them all behind. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a very expensive place to leave your children, Rob. You just leave them like in a field somewhere. I wouldn't spend like $100 <laughs> a person just to leave a child. It's pretty easy to figure out who you are too there. Well, last time I left my children in a field, they came back and said they killed a witch. And they had her head. <laughs> so, I'm not, so I'm not taking any chances. They're going no to chances. Disneyland where they're going to get put to work. But, but yes, Danielle, that'll come up again as, as I'm sure we go through uh, every frame of this 29-minute thing that we're watching today. Damn which is, straight. of course, I don't know how much, uh, what the title of this is going to be <laughs> at the time of this recording, but we are discussing Disney sing-along songs, Disneyland fun in HD. Damn it straight. It is... One of amazing. Uh, it is amazing. I, I won't get you wrong, but I think Zach and I find it amazing for different reasons. I think it's amazing because it, it came off very strongly to me as a wartime propaganda film. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think we'll have to get into that because many songs I was like, what is that? I was like, they're like, follow the leader, 
do what the ruler says, Nuremberg trials. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> okay, I want it in my notes for this. Because, folks, this is one of the very few times I took copious notes. <laughs> I wrote I wrote for the Follow the Leader song, fascism song, question mark? <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, and before that, we even get Step in Time, where they're like, everybody fall into rank. The beginning of the Making Memories song starts with the lyrics, now we shoot whatever we see and i'm like what the fuck is going on (laughs) (laughs) a lot of subliminal stuff in this folks a lot wartime undertones heavily heavily maybe not undertones they were just there i think (laughs) i'd say subliminal messaging okay like a lot well again this okay context time folks uh i chose this because i the whole point of this sub-series of December Plus is doing Disney uh, projects that aren't on Disney Plus despite the fact that they sell the service as it's everything that Disney has. That's a lie. It's not everything that Disney has. But it's this is available on YouTube from numerous people. So one of the things when it comes to like I try to do on Cinemodies Rob's motto is let's get get as obscure as humanly possible but I like finding things that are at least accessible to you, the audience. So mm-hmm. if you don't want to spend money renting it or finding it in some sort of uh, illegal manner, you can at least watch it and you have no guilt or fear of a uh, legal reprisal. So again, like we said earlier, this is available on YouTube. If you want to watch it beforehand of listening or before listening or during or after or all of the above, <laughs> which is my preference. Yes, of course. <laughs> Yeah, of course so uh, no my context with this is actually rather simple is that i got this was released as obviously a videotape in the 90s i think it was officially released in 1990 um i wasn't born then but i know a few years after i was born i got this i don't know when i don't have the memory specifically but i know i have it and i've uh, watched this thing religiously back during the time this was like one of my favorite videotapes growing up i always loved putting this in uh the specific reasons we'll get in later but i always adored this videotape and as time went on later and later i'd always find it on youtube it's one of those things that disney has never placed it's always been available on youtube ever since like the mid 2000s they they just don't i guess at that point everything in this was so outdated they just really didn't care uh, okay. but ever, but ever since then, I've always I I'd say at least once a year I'll like delve into this. Right on. And that's kind of the I guess the only other extent of this I remember is um when I was growing up I was very jealous because um I guess because I like this so much my parents got my nephew when he was like four at the time a copy of this but he got like a collector's set of it where it came with the videotape and it came with a Mickey Mouse toothbrush that like sang along with you oh, and God. I was. So jealous. I was like, I can still remember like seeing it like in his bathroom and being like, that should have been mine. I <laughs> wanted a Mickey Mouse toothbrush. <laughs> what when you say it sang along with you, was it one of those ones that would like oh god, what were they? It was called like tooth tunes or something. It was like you it would be able to hear this. the music. Oh, okay, okay. This was well, this was like, I would say. Because this is when he lived in his first house. This was like, bef- like before two, like two thousand two. Like I'd say this was probably like nineteen ninety nine or maybe like, yeah, it was around then. So this was like it was one of those ones where like it, had, it was like a toothbrush for like a toddler, and then it had like a Mickey Mouse head like at the end of, of the uh, handle, and you pushed a button in, and it went like I don't know. It sang some song. I, it probably the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Okay. I don't know. So it, it just I don't even think it sang. I think it chi- it more chimed and sang at you. It was like a boop 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 boop. <laughs> sure. boop. 
that was the extent of it. But it was just the whole idea, like like early version of chip tune and eight bit video game stuff. Like, oh yeah, oh yes, exactly, exactly, spot on. Actually, uh, yeah, I can still remember that though. I, to this day, I can still remember seeing it in his bathroom, like twenty years later, and like jealous. It's like jealousy intensifies. <laughs> right I actually on. went. I actually went looking online, see if I could find like the box set somewhere, like, even just a picture of it. And I couldn't find it. So, Ooh. collector's item. Yeah, if you uh, all those toothbrushes that you pass the used toothbrushes you pass by at the uh, the thrift store, you know, pick them up. It might be a Disney one. <laughs> Hopefully, it still sings at you. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I I don't think um, I. To be fair, I didn't try doing any research context on this. I know, like I say, every episode I go look on like YouTube or podcasting stuff to see if anybody's talked about this because I have it because. On one of the very few instances, I don't care what anybody has to say about this. Sure. Because this thing is so I think it's blatant in what it's what it at. It's so blatant in its intent. Oh yeah. And I and I think it's one of those things where you watch it just to kind of marvel at just the sheer commercial brashness of it all. Yep. Yep. One of my notes actually was this 30-minute advertisement for Disneyland is grating on me (laughs) (laughs) because when I was younger and I would watch this, my father would remark to me, you know, you're watching an infomercial, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And my, in my immediate response to that was daddy, what's an infomercial? (laughs) And my father would say, (laughs) essentially, but he'd say it's essentially a commercial. That's really long. Yeah. I'd be like, Oh, and I continue to watch it to this day. <laughs> At that point, Zach realized he might like infomercials. <laughs> At this point, Zach realized that he is a stooge for the Walt Disney Company. And no matter how he hard he tries, he will always be a slave to the mouse. Just set it and forget it. <laughs> it is. Like, that's, like, I watched this, and this video did its job. It brainwashed me. It yeah. did. Like, like I finally now, because we'll get into it more later, like toward the end of the video. But like, I watched this, and, and I'm, I kind of like, especially toward the end with the uh, "When You Wish Upon a Star," which is one of my like all time favorite Disney songs. Mm-hmm. And like, I kind of look at this entire video, and I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people complain about the the direction Disney has gone in. And we talked about it a little bit last week. And it's like, oh, like, and people like defend what's happening now with the company being like, Walt was just as commercial back in the day. And it's like, yeah, Walt, Walt wanted to make money. Nobody denies that. But I think the thing is, is that nowadays the commercialism and consumerism aspect of like Disney is so like superficial and blatant. Like there's no hiding it. Like where you watch this or you give this to like, like, again, with me, you give this to like a six-year-old. A six-year-old becomes enamored with the magic of Disney watching this. Yep, yep. You look at what Disney's doing now, and it's just, it's literally punching you in the face with, buy our product, buy our product, buy our product. And there's no subtlety to any of it. Mm -hmm. And that's shocking considering just how on the surface this is back in 1990. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think that's kind of the tragedy of Disney. Like, yes, they're making more money now than they ever have in the history of the company, but they've they've gotten to that point at the cost of their soul. Sure, sure. It's sad when a corporation sells. Like, it's like it's kind of almost impossible on a theoretical level to even think about it. <laughs> but can a corporation sell out? In the instance of the current iteration of the Walt Disney Company, yes, and they've been doing so for over ten years. 
yeah, that's an interesting point because even like when I was watching this it, and I clearly understood that it was like Zach said, an infomercial type of thing. I, I didn't have that big of a problem with it. You know, it's, it's not long, 30 minutes. It, it has decent music that most of them, I was familiar with the songs, um, you know, the big Disney hits, I guess. It has characters, you know, like you said, for kids, it would enamor them in the magic of this world and all this stuff. But you're right, that comparison to what Disney's doing today, it, it's almost night night and day. And, and yeah, did they sell out? They lost their soul. They've just become the marketing machine that they are. Yeah, because I was going to say this more toward the end, but I guess now I'll get it off my chest and we'll delve into this like on a scene-by-scene scene breakdown. But like... Frame-by-frame. Frame. <laughs> he thinks he's joking, folks. He thinks he's joking. Pixel-by-pixel. Um, pixel. <laughs> damn, pixel-perfect. Um, no, because like, as I was watching this and I know I am, I am inherently biased because of just the sheer nostalgia I have for just like this specific video and Disney in general. I know I've said it numerous times, like when I lived in Florida, I don't want to say I lived at those theme parks, but mm -hmm. I spent more time there in my childhood than probably most people. Well, back in the day, most people would spend there in their lifetimes because sure. it's not like nowadays. Now there's like people like who live in Orlando and the surrounding area, just literally every single chance they get are in those parks. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of devalued, like people have devalued them just by being there all the time. But back like prior to the age of social media. So let's just say 2007 or so, it was a rare thing to go to Disney. It really was. When I was younger, I had um, my, my dad's mom live. No, my dad's mom's mom lived in a retirement home in Florida and we went to visit her once and we went to Disneyland. That's the one in Florida, right? Disneyland. Exactly. Yes. Me. I'm just going to, okay. Yeah, sure. And I, I, I was very little. I don't remember much about it. I remember more of, uh, years later when I was in like high school, my dad converted all of his old, like, you know, cassette home video stuff to, to discs. And we kind of watched all of those old things. I remember that more than I remember the actual trip I had to Disneyland. But no, I see what you're saying that, you know, it, it was almost something, especially for me growing up in New York, it was almost like a, a huge momentous event that you'd have to go to this amusement park where now I feel like people talk about it where it's like, yeah, you know, I just did it. I got the, the yearly pass from my family, blah, blah, blah. We go down and it's like, a, it's like a timeshare or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Exactly. Exactly. That that's that's exactly what it is. It's it no longer has that uniqueness to it. Like it's yeah. it's so. And I'm not sure. Maybe if um, homo I don't think homogenized is the right word, but it's the notion that like it it's no longer this unique thing. Like the idea of taking a trip and going down there. And I guess part of it too is like prior to social media, if you wanted Disney information. You kind of had to like, because there was very rarely books written on the topic. It was rather a niche thing unless you were down there. Unless you bought like a souvenir book. Yeah. You really weren't privy to what was going on down there. And for no other reason than just there wasn't that sort of market for it. But because of people in my generation, much like, like I said last week, there is a huge, huge community now that just eats up all this stuff. Because I remember back when I was in high school and when I discovered... um the extinct attractions club, which was kind of like, I don't want to say the first instance, but it really was uh, primitive. is not a fair word. I, I want to say primitive. I don't mean it like in a sense of quality. I mean, primitive kind of like more like a breakthrough. It was sure. essentially what defunct lamb was. It was, it was the first like thing to ever try to go in and analyze these theme park attractions 
years after the fact. Okay, okay. And I remember when I discovered this back like in 2006, it like blew my mind because like they I, to this day like I treasure those DVDs despite the fact that they're all on YouTube in some capacity because they really were this insight into this world that just was like oh my god like there's so, there's more to this and just like looking at these like rides from a distance because I don't think I've ever gone into the story on here before but again um when I lived in Florida I, I guess I did kind of when I lived in Florida we would go there periodically the joke was with my parents. Well, and, and for the record, the video is Disneyland, which is California. I lived in Newport Ritchie, Florida, which is roughly two hours from Orlando. It's it's west of there on the uh, west coast of Florida. And my parents went to Disney World more times before I was born than afterwards. And that wow, was okay. always the joke was that like by the time I was born, <laughs> they did not care about Disney anymore because sure. it, it, it kind of not that it fell on his shoulders because it wasn't that sort of reason. But it was my nephew and my brother and his wife are the ones that they had the four annual passes and they would for the most part bring me along during like the early 2000s. And that's kind of why I really like latched on to Disney in any sort of way, because prior to that, like I know I, like a couple of times I went there when I was like really small, like three or four with my parents and my, on my mother's side, her, her parents. But I remember in like my kind of, I want to say the bane of my Disney theme park fandom was I can still remember this. We, it was a trip we took in 1998. It was my parents, my nephew, my brother and his wife. And we went to the Magic Kingdom. And I can remember being this really this spectacular thing, like really like being hyped for it the entire day. And we went there. I remember seeing this like watery lagoon in the back of the Magic Kingdom. And it was empty. Like you could tell something was supposed to be there, mm -hmm. but it just, it was, uh, it was defunct. And I'm like, what was, I can still remember, like, I can still imagine it in my head. I know seeing it being like, what was here? And someone's like, oh, there used to be a ride here. And ever since then, I was enamored with that as a thing. It's like, and, and over time, I eventually discovered it was a ride called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Ooh. And it just blew my mind that it was, because they had the, the, the Disney version of the Nautilus. And by today's standards, it would be considered very antiquated. But Back in the day, and then researching this in the mid-2000s, it blew my mind. And for years, I would always just be utterly fascinated with the concept of the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea Ride. Um, they, I, I, to this day, I don't forgive my mother because in 2003, I actually won tickets to, Disney, uh, to, to go to Disney for a Star Wars weekends contest. I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned it on here. Um, I might not have ever even mentioned it on the Star Wars podcast. I entered this contest and I came in second and I got four tickets to Disney and I actually got to fight Darth Vader. Did I ever Ooh. mention that? Uh, Maybe. It sounds vaguely familiar to me, but vague enough that it might have been before we were ever podcasting together. So okay. I don't know. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. But anyway, though, that though, um, I'm sorry, enough of that though. The point of this whole story being is that there's a segment in the Disneyland fun video where they show the yellow submarine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was my first instance of what the 20,000 leagues are. Cause it's, it's, it's a different ride, uh, okay. but it was the same technology. And when I was growing up, I loved the zippity doodah part, not okay. just for the yellow submarine sequence. Cause that was, that was the, um, the submarine voyage at Disneyland, but it was also for the star tour sequence. And for the Skyway sequence, which was another defunct attraction at Disney. 
okay. Because I remember, I remember my father talking like all the time about the Skyway. He's like, oh, when you were younger, you loved the Skyway. And I'm like, I went on it. He's like, yeah, but you probably have no memory of it because you were just so small. And that's why I love this too was because back, back in like the early 90s, if you were a kid and you wanted to know about like a defunct Disney ride, again, my, my, I think I've mentioned it before. My father was so paranoid about the internet. We really didn't get the internet yep. until like the summer of 2000. And plus, I didn't know what to type in. Like type in Disney thing or like <laughs> Disney submarines. Like what the hell is going to come up when you type in Disney submarines? And plus, I didn't at like seven years old, you don't have that sort of mindset yet. Um, especially with the internet being such a brand new thing. So, like, if you're a kid that wanted to know more about this stuff, this was the holy grail. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why this tape resonated with me so much, was that it gave me a portal into a world that I want to know so much about. Mm, okay, yeah, I, okay. yeah, I never had any way of getting into it outside of the handful of times I went to the parks. And like I said, the parks don't do anything anything to highlight what what came before like if you know where like, like i know back in the day for the twenty thousand leagues under the sea ride like what when they eventually demolished that they put a poo's playful spot over it and i know somewhere like on the like winnie the pooh tree there was like a little notch in like the faux wood that was like in the shape of the nautilus from twenty thousand leagues but like unless you know where to look for that you're not going to know like unless you know yeah. like the plot of land you're not going to know where to look sure and that was kind of the thing that made this so magical beyond just the like, I think that's what I'm getting at with this tape was that like, I never, I, I don't be wrong. I love the songs. I love everything about this. But when I was younger, it was that aspect of it. The aspect of oh, like okay. gaining a portal into the world of Disney that I was never able to have. Okay. That's okay. why this resonated with me back in the day. And then over time it's become infinitely more nostalgic for those reasons mm -hmm. but it's also because i think this videotape is a like an insane amount of fun this video even though it's like crash consumerism at its worst or like during like the um like oh god 90s videotape boom of like let's just put a video like like creating a videotape like this was like a license to print money yeah i still think it's immensely fun it's a fun thing like it's a fun thing to watch I uh, I would have to agree with you there. Uh, it's fun. I I was definitely kind of tuning into more of you know the what was going on in like the finer details. Like during the Main Street song, whoever is in the mini costume clearly did not know all the steps of the dance, <laughs> and that's like hilarious to me. I uh, Danielle, of course, screaming at Danielle. Um, it, no, it, I, I'm with you. I, I'm actually surprised by how much I kind of. It had a, had a time, a good time watching this. Yeah, because that's the thing about this day. Like twenty nine minutes long, none of the musical numbers last more than what two minutes. Oh yeah, they're all fast paced. Like I remember at one point I was watching it, and we get to like the fourth or fifth musical number, and I check the time, and it's like eleven minutes in, and I'm like, holy shit! Like that, they're, they're jamming a lot in here. Yeah, and that's the fun thing. Cause like if you make these last all like three or four minutes a piece. You can you'll start to feel the weight, mm -hmm, definitely. but like the numbers are just barely getting started. It's like okay, moving on. Yeah, I think works good, to a advantage. good pace. Yeah, definitely good keeps a good pace, keeps you uh, intrigued, and you know all the little cutaways and stuff during the song are they're they're all good fun. You know, showing off the world of Disney, and uh, I love when you know there's uh, Minnie is like setting up an entire display of Mickey <laughs> plushes, like hundreds of Mickey plush dolls. 
And then a few minutes later, Donald Duck, Donald Duck just fucking wrecks it to put like three Donald Duck plushes there. And I'm like, that's great. That's a great little, you know, gag in the background of this. Exactly. And that's that's what I mean, folks, that like crash consumerism. I'm sorry. Crash consumerism has never been more sweet than this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes this kind of like one of those things where you can it still has value almost 30 years later. Because, yeah, like, yeah. most of the things fat, like, uh, featured in this don't exist anymore, and the few that do do not exist in the same state as presented mm. in this video. Okay, okay. Interesting. Interesting, indeed. And well, I, I do, do, do want to say that I do have a... Uh, I have two, I guess, two bones to pick. Danielle, here's her own thing. I don't blame <laughs> Disney on Danielle's foolishness. Uh, but I, I did... I was bothered by the fact that when it starts... There's that little, like, what, Professor Owl dude who's like, everybody, <gasps> like, we're going to sing him. along. Yeah, and that, I thought that was a fine intro, you know, good old 2D animation. And But the as they're going through that opening number, to, like, explaining the video, they say, like, oh, I don't know all the, what if you don't know the words? Well, you should follow the bouncing ball over the lyrics. And for the first four songs, there's no bouncing ball. The yeah, words yeah. just change colors. And I'm like, and I had, like, I had to pause it and go back because I was like, wait, didn't they promise me a bouncing ball? <laughs> and they yep. did. And it takes until like the Winnie the Pooh song when it's a bouncing honey pot type of thing. Mm-hmm. Those parts too, like where they'll be singing and the words will just disappear too. Yeah. There'll yeah. Be no I thought words. that was very strange. But just another thing that I was like, oh God, you know, this is just, just thrown together to make, make some money to advertise and it does its job. But, you know, it has those problems like no bouncing ball after they promised me a bouncing ball. Uh, Minnie doesn't know her her number, her dance, her choreography in Main Street. It, it's great. It it's, it hits. It checks all the boxes of, I guess, what I would want from a Disney sing along video. Well, yeah, and that's that's kind of the like again, it's the crass consumerism of it all. It's like yeah. it's not meant to be dissected in what we're going to do. Like when they made this in 1990, it was a cynical cash grab. Done. As long as the check clears, we don't care what anybody has to say about it. Yeah. One thing I do want to say about this, though, just people on the internet, is that a couple, like, now that this, this, eh, Disney Plus is launched, people online were like, we should start a petition to get Disney sing-along songs on Disney Plus. And I'm like, what? why? It's available on YouTube for free. <laughs> yeah. Why do you want something that's available for free, taken offline, and then put on a paid streaming service? Yeah, exactly. I don't get that. Do you get that, Rob? No, because I'm thinking like all the TVs today, like the TV I have, all my friends' TVs that I see, I would imagine most, almost all the ones you can buy on the market, they have that like that dashboard where you got all your streaming stuff like right there. And I know I don't have Disney Plus, but when Disney Plus released, I turned on my TV that day and it was like, you can get Disney Plus now. And a little thing showed up for it. So what's, why would you want everything on Disney Plus when it's literally like what, three buttons to get to YouTube? It's it's the same thing. If it's all on your TV, what does it matter if it's on different streaming services? I, and I you're absolutely right too about the fact of why would you want to put it behind a paywall? Yep. Like that's that's such a weird thing. Even I know like when it comes to Star Wars, Clone Wars, the 2003 series, people are like we should have that on Disney Plus too. And it's like it's on it's been on YouTube for years <laughs> and in better quality than it's ever been officially released cuz someone's actually like gone through and cleaned it up. Okay. And I'm like why? I'm like, are people just that stupid? Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Like, I, I really don't. It's like, 
Like what? It's like, dude, I don't, I, I, maybe there's some, maybe there's some weird, like, uh, mentality that streaming services put you into, especially I'm, I know I've told it on here before, but like when I was an undergrad and I was, you know, trying to collect files and fill up hard drives, pe- there were so many people that looked at me and they were like, why are you doing this? This is stupid. This is a waste. It's on Netflix. And I'm like, it's not going to be on Netflix forever. Like companies come and go, like things leave Netflix and they're like, no, no, no. And it's like p- streaming services become part of their mentality and personality. And it's like, oh, I, I'm an Amazon Prime person. I'm a Disney Plus person. And it's like, shut up. We're all watching the same things. Yeah. I, I, I'll never, without getting too specific, and Rob knows my specifics on this, I'll never understand the appeal of streaming services. I just, I don't get it. Yeah, I want every. I want the files for everything. I know Zach wants cable so we can see commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I love commercials, folks. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't commercials. get it. Yeah, that's the marketer in him. Yes, <laughs> I love commercials. I uh, oh. yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it either. I know that uh, people love that. Uh, it's so contradictory to me. Like we could probably do a whole episode on streaming services. Just the idea that you know, I talk to people and the people are like, I love Netflix. Oh, Netflix is so great. And then they tell me stories where it's like, oh, I just spend like eight hours looking around for what to watch on Netflix. And I'm like, that doesn't sound fun. Like, nope. it's option paralysis. There's so many choices that people can't choose, but for some reason they think it's a good thing. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that, Rob. It's the uh, like options paralysis because I think it's been done studies that like if the human brain has more than like 11 choices at any given time, yep. it literally shuts off. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that. I I have that problem on my hard drives. You know, I got like four hard drives full of stuff, and there are times where I'm like, I, I could watch literally anything because I also have Hulu and TV and stuff like that. But I just I don't know what to watch. Rob has cable and satellite. I got it all. I got it. I mean, <laughs> I <laughs> it all. <laughs> I have to bleep that word out. All the uh, all the cables <laughs> that all I, the cables. I, I, I harness for my neighbors. <laughs> Rob's like on like the power lines, like the uh, oh god, the box like has like a like a giant like Ethernet cable just trying to shove it. Where does this go in? <laughs> you opened my cherry picker, yeah. <laughs> but sir, this is a power line. Doesn't work that way. Fit in here, wire. <laughs> ah, you're telling me I need the male end, not the female. <laughs> <laughs> Too true. All right, so Rob, are you ready to delve into? Each of our musical numbers in Disneyland fun. Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's uh, guide guide us through it, Zach. I'm sure I you know all this by heart. You don't need the I, bouncing ball anymore, folks. I am rock hard. Um, I'm definitely got to call the number after having an erection for over four hours tonight. <laughs> all right, our first. I, I think I'm going to do two because I have an I, I have an insane amount of restaurant snack ideas for this. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to highlight what I want, from, like talking about the sequence. And then afterwards, I'm going to talk about what additions I want to have to the restaurant. And remember, I don't want all of these as additions. But I'm going to let Rob pick and choose which ones he okay. thinks will work and which may be your ideas that we can work with on a later, uh, later time. I like it. I like it. Big restaurant episode. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. This, 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 is, this is Zach's like holy grail. As I was watching this like 15 times today, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so many ideas. <laughs> so many ideas. Like this is kind of like the stagecoach of restaurant ideas for the Cinematis restaurant. Just watch this and you have everything you could ever need. Right on. Right. Okay, good. I like that because I don't I didn't have too many snacks. Um I have all the snacks. Okay, Rob, I think- you want to count how many snacks I have, Rob? I have uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 
14, <laughs> I hope, 15, I hope the 16, page 17. turn I heard shows up on the recording. <laughs> 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. 25 snack ideas. The snack master is back in full force. <laughs> I'm, I'm back in the saddle, folks. I am back in the saddle. I have a few snack ideas, but I think they all fall under the category of we need some type of downer because this shit was too happy for me. <laughs> <laughs> never, never. So this I'm, is like I'm that... glad you got some good snacks. Okay. Folks, this is like a drug to me. Like Rob, Rob's like, hey, like I'm in a music concert. I need to get high. I'm like, I'm sitting in my room looking at all my action figures. And I'm like, I need to get high. And I put on Disneyland <laughs> fun. And I'm like, I could sit there, like jump through a brick wall. <laughs> I'm not joking, folks. At one point, like during Zippity Doodah, like the my brain was releasing so many endorphins. I'm like, this should be illegal. Cartels don't got anything on this. <laughs> zip, 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 <laughs> zip. Zippity Doodah, zip, 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 zippity Doodah day. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'm ready. Um, I'm all ready. All right. The first one, the owl, like birdie, like introduction. Yeah. First. I love the owl. I think we need, I think in the Cinematis restaurant, we need a cartoon person that kind of like has like on the monitors of the, I think we've mentioned there's TVs all throughout the Cinematis restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we need a cartoon spokesperson to kind of like be that, like, I don't want to say edutainment, but kind of like, like elaborate on the procedures of the restaurant. Sure. Sure. I want to hire the blue owl with the glasses. Okay. Does he have a name? I, I considered him professor owl, but. He has is a that, name. I, I, he's because okay. he's in. The, like I know there's a bunch of like Disney sing along song series videos. I have a couple of them, but I know he has a name. But I think it is something like Professor Owl. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. If he shows up anywhere else, so he's established. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, he does exist. So we're. I want to hire him for the restaurant. Okay. Okay. I could. Uh, I could get behind, behind that. We're, we're, All right. When you say cartoon person and hiring him, I'm talking hire about him. like an actual like. Like a Roger Rabbit esque type of thing. We're gonna have a two D yes, animated yes. person in our owl in our restaurant. Well, he's not in the restaurant. He's on the. Like, we're gonna hire him to do like all of his stuff is gonna be like on video screens. But we're gonna hire uh, him. He, he exists okay. in real. He exists in real life like <laughs> Roger Rabbit, but he will not be like that in the restaurant because we're hiring him to do a job. Okay. Okay. So we're. <laughs> I, I like it. I like that idea. You're making me think of just we're gonna ha- hire a real life two D animated owl to film like our Dharma station videos from lost. Like yes. I'm just going to sit him down and be like, okay, this, in this part of the restaurant, you have to hit this button every 108 minutes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's We're going to hire him for that. Her, okay. But, okay. But the, for people at home, that are wondering after like an hour, we're talking about this, what the hell is going on? We're, the video is introduced by like a, like a little owl that like talks about like what the entire series is about. And he's basically teaching a class full of birds. Mm-hmm. And at one point we have one of the greatest moments in my entire life. Um, I know at one point when I have my children, they're going to be like, Daddy, what was the best moment of your life? And I'm going to be <laughs> like, in the moment of the Disney sing-along song series, Disneyland Find, when they're talking about sing-along to the songs, and we have the dunce bird that goes, what if I don't know all the words? Yes. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that is my probably one of my favorite moments in life. But I don't know all the songs. We'll make sure you can't go wrong. And to this day, or every time I show this to people, I always say, you're that bird. That's the bird you are. The dunce bird. <laughs> you are the dunce bird. I love him. I love the dunce bird. He's also in addition to the restaurant. Because I think if we have, like, if you're trying to have somebody in the restaurant 
at Cinemati's restaurant that doesn't understand something, we should have a dunce cap. Uh, yeah, I I like that idea, and I also liked seeing this in this um, this video because how long has it been since anybody's seen a dunce cap? Like that's that's probably outlawed, like with dodgeball, right? That it's not good for kids to put dunce did caps I, on them. Did I ever tell you the time when, like, when I lived in Florida, and my mother was a substitute teacher at the school I went to? She taught like the middle school kids like math, and obviously middle school kids being the most like the biggest smart asses of them all. Yep. There was one kid that would never stop like interrupting the class. So my mother legit made him a dunce cap, made him sit in the corner. <laughs> nice. Right on. And, the, and her joke is that if I did this today, I would be in jail right now. Yeah, yeah, most likely. But yes, it, it is a thing that exists, but it's uh I think that considering that there is no such thing as discipline in schools anymore, as uh Rob knows and his mother knows, the children are literally allowed to do whatever they want. You cannot stop them at all. Yeah, otherwise the parents will yell at the, at the school. And, and bring a lawsuit against the school, and then the teacher gets fired. That's the only mm-hmm. way you get in trouble now as a teacher. You can do whatever you want as long as you don't tell the kids what to do. <laughs> yeah, which which is truly like the antithesis to what schooling is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, though, so yes, we have a little introductory sequence where the little uh, Mr. Owl, Professor Owl, lays out what the whole series of videos is about, and then we transition into our very very first musical number, "Whistle While You Work." Yep, and, and the propaganda the... turns up. <laughs> oh, turns up. It's dialed up to 11. It goes from like <laughs> 0 to 60 in about like two seconds. And during this sequence, we have our entire, like what you think of your core Disney characters, Mickey and Minnie, Donald Goofy, mm-hmm. and they are sitting there. A couple other ones thrown in too. Roger Rabbit, uh, yeah, is, Dale. Is Pluto in the first one or does he show up later? Uh, I think he shows up. Oh, uh, he might be. He's, yeah, okay. he's there. Too. Yeah, I don't remember seeing I remember seeing Pluto later, but okay. Yeah, he's there. He's there. And while they're there, we're seeing them kind of like Disneyland is closed. They're just about to open and they are getting the park ready. Mm-hmm. And they're cleaning. They're kind of like washing windows, cleaning trash cans, getting all the food ready. And we get all sorts of just like, again, everything here is more or less a montage. And we see them all getting ready. But there are some things that I do, some specifics I want to point out. The first one being when we're introduced to uh, Chip and Dale, and I think I, I forget exactly. Oh, uh, we see them pushing their brooms yeah. outside of like a queue line, and I love the camera movement because I think it's fair to say, Rob, I've analyzed movies, right? I think I've done that once or twice on Cinemodies. Yeah, a handful of times. <laughs> a handful. <laughs> In the history of analyzing cinema and cinematic techniques, I've never seen a crass consumer shot before. Because if you look at this sequence, we see we, we like the scene starts or the shot starts with Chip and Dale sweeping the the, the ground, and mm-hmm. the camera like and they're going from stage left. I'm sorry, from stage left to right, and as they're sweeping, the camera pans along with them, and then slowly, even though Chip and Dale are, at, are they are centered in the frame. The camera then starts to center above their heads as the camera slowly pans to make sure it focuses on the star tour sign. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and when I saw that, I, I've seen that shot dozens upon dozens of times. Yet it finally dawned on me. This might be the most crass consumer shot in the history <laughs> of the medium of film. Yeah, I, I didn't think of it exactly that way, but it definitely stood out to me because I was like, you know. It's, it's right near the start, and it's just full frontal, hey, the video saying to the audience, hey, get ready for advertisements, whether you like it or not, whether your brain notices it or not. <laughs> like, you know, the thing is that like, most of this is 
advertising, but this is at its most blatant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I love, too, that it doesn't just pan to Star Wars. You get all of it. You get from the creating from the creative forces of Disney and George Lucas, yep. sponsored by M&M's. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Love it because just, again, the crass, crass consumerism of it all, but because you have a chocolatey candy snack person sponsoring a ride, which would not be allowed today because it would be deemed unhealthy in yep. promoting bad, unhealthy habits to children. Mm-hmm. Another from, from aspect. The creative forces of Disney and George Lucas sponsored by NFL's Play 60. <laughs> <laughs> No, Rob, ESPN 60, because Synergy. Oh, oh there you synergy. go. Synergy. That's there the you thing go. now is that now it's not just crass consumerism with Disney anymore. It's crass synergistic corporate-like-ism. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah, absolutely. The only other thing I have to highlight before I get into restaurant items in this is I'm not sure if Rob, again, Rob loves voice acting. The voice actor of Thurl Ravenscroft, he has a rather unique, uh, like, God face and just yeah. what he looks like. I swear we see him at numerous times in this special. Okay. And we see and he's seen the first time in this segment. Hmm. Okay. We he see him have... like we see him in the park. Because if you look, I know it looks just like him. And considering that he is like one of the voices for like Country Bear Jamboree. Yeah. And I think he's the voice for like one of the iterations of Grin of uh, Grim Grinning Ghost. Oh, okay. I mean, I think uh, per- people would know him best as Tony the Tiger, but that's not sure. Disney, so. <laughs> and, and, the Gr- and the Grinch. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. But no, I could swear it's him. It looks just like him. It just, I don't know. Mm, okay, um, yeah, I didn't, but, I didn't catch that, but could be. Sure. But anyway, going to some ideas for the restaurant, in this uh, music montage, we see the Disneyland Railroad. And I think I want to say, I think Cinemati's needs a train that goes around the entire perimeter of the restaurant. Different from the Yam Tram? Yes, different. So people would actually be able to get in this train you're talking about and not just pick up yams? <laughs> yes. This is, it runs the entire perimeter of the restaurant, except the problem is, is that the train never makes it back to the station because we don't know where it ends. So all <laughs> we're doing is dispatching trains. Okay, okay. Kind of like, we like we're sending groups of researchers into the shimmer. We just keep sending out trains and hope one comes back. Essentially, we just keep like we like 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 in all honesty, like we like we see the track like on the other end, like where the trains depart. Like we figure, like well, the track's there; it should come back eventually. Just that none of them ever have. Ooh, okay, and, I, I dig it. So I figure we—I don't know what gauge yet. We'll have to decide what gauge. Do we want like a genuine, like full-size locomotive, or do we want something smaller? But mm-hmm. we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there one day. Yeah, sounds like a good um a good way to. Or a good another premise for a good episode of Law and Order Cinemodities. Someone <laughs> someone goes missing on the train. <laughs> Except everybody goes missing on the train. And then everybody goes missing, but the one train comes back and it's with a person who says they were raped and Mariska Hargitay well, comes in. <laughs> the rape train. <laughs> All right, next thing. I fear considering that the Cinemodities restaurant is always in the red, I think I have another way for us to make some money. We see a shot in this of Minnie outside like a stroller depot where you can rent strollers for your yes. kid, considering yep. that we'll probably have many children at the Cinemodities restaurant, especially Sin Emodities. I think we should offer stroller rentals. Oh, okay. Okay. But I so, don't. Yeah, right. something to, to help you uh, transport your children, right? That's the gist yes. is we need to, you need an easy way to just, 
And hey, strollers with wheels, you know, you don't even need to get to the entrance of the Sin Emodities portion. You just need to see it, and then you can push the stroller towards the entrance and just leave. There you go. <laughs> just but shuffleboard I, your kid. <laughs> but I don't want contemporary strollers. Well, I want the exact same strollers they have in this, where it's literally just a plastic bucket with a giant piece of metal sticking out the back of it to push it. <laughs> I figured okay. we'd get those wholesale because they're probably in a dumpster somewhere. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not up to code in the slightest. No. No, <laughs> not at all. But they're cheap, as in free. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So it's 100% a profitable venture. We cannot lose money on this. And the very next thing I want to do is um, I know, it, like Rob already mentioned, that we have many setting up a bunch of Mickey plushes. And then Donald comes in later and just literally knocks them all down. And yeah. He puts on a couple of Donald Duck plushes. I think we need Rob and Zach plushes for the restaurant. Oh, now that's interesting. But what happens is that the the Zach plush puts his up, then the Rob one comes by and knocks them all off and puts the Rob plushes there. <laughs> and this is just we're constantly going back and yes. forth with this. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a pl- it's a Zach and Rob plushy civil war in the restaurant amongst the walk around characters. Oh, okay, okay. And are then, they just plushes, or are they like nanny cams and recording devices too? Well, I, I that customers don't know about. <laughs> Well, Rob, come on. When you think of cinematis, you think of voyeurism. I think I've said that a couple of times on here. <laughs> Privacy infringement, yep. <laughs> there we go. No liability. Um, but one thing I do want to add, again, the pluses, I don't know. That's up to you. I'll let you decide. That what's, okay, okay. What's actually, whether they talk, but I think just some straight-up plushies would do us good. Again, make, the, make some, some of our money back. And a souvenir for the guests, for, us to, for them to evangelize about it. Yeah. Or to create, or to like, uh, guess what, so jog their traumatic uh, memories. Nom flash. That's what you squeeze the belly of the Zach and Roth thing and it yells, Nom flashback, nom flashback. <laughs> That's good. But my last thing that I pulled from, from the sequence is I want the, from Alice in Wonderland, what's the, does the rabbit have a name? Oh, probably. Fuck. Okay, we're gonna, this, we're gonna have, hearts. <laughs> we'll have the probably rabbit in the restaurant, and we'll have him go. I want him to go around to tables while people are eating and yell, "I'm late! I'm late for a very important date!" And I want him doing that all the time. Oh, he, the white he, rabbit. The white, the white rabbit. rabbit. Yeah, I should okay. have known that. Pro- okay, probably the white rabbit, and we're gonna have him going around to tables just yelling, "We're late! We're late! We're late for a very important date!" <laughs> all the time. He just goes around yelling that all the time. So just, just like his appearance in the movie. <laughs> exactly. No, but we have the walk around character. It, it, we have yeah. we have to see if we get the, the real walk around character. Okay, I like that. And w- like, if people decide to follow him because they think that he's going to take them somewhere, is they're just going to become like the, he's going to be the Pied Piper of customers. Eventually, we'll have like a chain of people just all going, "We're late! We're late! We, for what? We don't know. We're, we're late, and we're we're no, late. Nobody... we're not late enough to stop picking up people, but we're late." <laughs> No, nobody pays attention to him because they're too busy on their phones. Fair, fair. <laughs> one, one of the very few bouts of realism in the Cinematis restaurant. Nobody pays attention to the giant rabbit yelling we're late because they're too busy on their phones. Oh, God. This just makes me think of the uh, Jehovah's Witness joke where someone's they, they knock on somebody's door and they're like, do you have time to talk about our Lord and Savior? And the person's like, yeah, come in. And they're like, I'm, I've never gotten this far. <laughs> and where if anybody followed the rabbit, he'd be like, I don't know what to do next. No one's like, paid attention to me. <laughs> Exactly. All right. <laughs> so unless you have anything else to say about this number, I'm willing to move. I want to move on to our next one step in time. <laughs> 
Uh, I think, yeah, I think I'm ready. Yeah, step in time. Oh, geez, here we I go. I love this. I love this so much. Buckle like, up, I, everybody. Uh, We're going to I, war. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love this so goddamn much. Uh, I should point out that when I was younger and a few times, like, okay, not a few times, but when we would go to the Magic Kingdom and we were walking down Main Street, I would always hum this. Okay. Step in time, step in time, step in time, step in time. Never need a reason, never need a rhyme. Bump, bump, bump. Oh, yeah. It was like, folks, the amount of impact this has had on me, it's disgusting. Like, it's genuinely disgusting how much this <laughs> resonates with me. I, I I'm kind of I wanna, ashamed. I want to frame this for the audience because I have it pulled up and during this song, this is this is where the war propaganda idea comes from. There is just footage of people walking like in lines at Disneyland, and then in big letters at the bottom, it just says "Step in Time." Like it is some of the most 1984 horrific stuff yeah, I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it is. Some I think somebody had a profound sense of humor for the late late 80s when they were making this. <laughs> but to be fair, and this is the part that I do want to pull from for the Cinematis restaurant is to this day at disney it's called rope drop where like like the park like the parks usually open i'd say around like i don't know specific it depends on which one they always are changing their hours mm -hmm. but it's like eight or nine o'clock in the morning and people will queue up and they call it rope drop where they will literally have like a ribbon or something and they'll cut it and people go flooding into the park oh and okay that, like, and like that, black friday yeah <laughs> Yeah, except it's a thing that happens daily at every single Disney park, and it's called okay. the rope drop. Because like people, like, like I am, I do follow people on Twitter that are part of the Disney Twitter community, and they'll become like it is a genuine term in the lexicon of. So where do you go at rope drop? Oh, because like what, yeah, what's your because first stop? You, yeah, what's your first stop? Because you can get on any ride immediately. So like usually a rope drop ride is like the most popular. So if you like do a rope drop at I don't know, I'm just making this up, like Star Wars Land or Avatar Land. That's kind of like what you do. Or if it's like sure. a ride you really love, that's kind of a term. So the idea of people like running like Black Friday is mm -hmm. not a unique thing to Disney. It's only gotten worse because now like okay. it's actually part of the strategy of doing your Disney vacation. Because like, I know like I, I've told Robin private, like when you sign up for those services that give you like the plan on what to hit on your mm -hmm. vacation – the rope drop is considered one of the biggest factors because you want to get as deep into the park as possible because that's yeah. where then work your way forward. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, so that's really the only thing I have to say about this. I think Rob, um, I think it's fantastic. I never saw it that way. The idea of the kind of like triumph of the will aspect of this. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I never looked at it this way, but now after he said that, I'll never look at it the same it's, way it's again. It's unreal. Like I, I'm, I'm skimming through some of this song. Oh, and it's, oh yeah. It's literally the words step in time, just flash at the bottom of the screen as we see people walking. And then as Zach said, the, the, the one of the other lyrics that isn't step in time is never need a reason, never need a rhyme. This is propaganda to the max. <laughs> it is. I'm pretty sure like if you play like the Avengers Endgame trailer in reverse, you'll hear this. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah, everybody, step in time. See this movie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure during the Rise of Skywalker trailers, if you play that in reverse, you'll hear swipe your card to help defeat Emperor Palpatine. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But no, but going to the Cinematis restaurant, I think we need a rope drop at the Cinematis restaurant. Mm. So when everybody's lined up, so we don't have people like flooding in, we have a rope drop. So and, would, would this rope drop be before or after? Because remember, didn't we say a few weeks ago that we ha we wanted our customers to travel? 
Well, yeah, remember yeah. I was getting at the idea of different sure. gates. And so do we have the rope drop where, you know, at the restaurant, like everybody takes the ferry or whatever to get to the drawbridge and then that's where the rope drop is? Or is it like the rope drop, everybody thinks they're getting into the restaurant, but it's really the rope drop for the ferry to the restaurant? No, oh no, no, Rob, you Disney novice, you. You have to get, <laughs> you have to get onto the transportation first. Okay. Then you, then you camp outside the entrance to the park. So like if you're going to like the Magic ah. Kingdom, the Magic Kingdom is the most egregious park to get into because the only way to get to it is by like monorail or ferry. Okay. There's no way to, well, there's maybe, I don't, no, I don't. There might be one way to walk to the Magic Kingdom, but it requires like staying at the Grand Floridian, which you're talking about is like close to a thousand. Like, oh. It's like eight hundred dollars. It's like four to five hundred dollars a night. Sure, I thought um, you were going to say underground tunnels. <laughs> kinda. There's there's an there's an argument to be made for that. I, I there's actually there's a thing at Magic Kingdom near the Contemporary Hotel, which is the one that the monorail goes right through, where to get to the Contemporary. The road goes under the lake. Ooh! And if you, I, I have a picture somewhere of of me of uh, last time I was at the Disney Resort, where my brother was like driving under it, and there's a there's literally a boat overhead as you're driving under. Like it's a really cool visual. Yeah. So there is an art, you know, it's not a tunnel. I, oh, it is a tunnel, but it's not like an underway passage. It's not like what Rob was trying to get at. Um, but it does exist, and it, it's a pretty neat. Architectural flourish or engineering cool. design. Yeah, that's back when Disney still had an imagination, folks. It wasn't just simply swipe your credit <laughs> card to help the Avengers defeat Thanos. So they actually put imagination into things. Not like today, where it's just as long as the check clears, we don't care what you think of our stupid parks. Yeah. <laughs> so we need we need a rope drop for uh, cinematics, it, but it will come after the like forty five minutes it takes to get there. All right. Okay. The next the next song is. Main Street, what? Walking down the middle of, yeah, I'm walking down the middle of Main Street, USA. Yep, and um, this is where my note finally came in. So much dancing. <laughs> so much dancing. Like, it's, like, it would make the 18th happy. So, I, uh, this is the one song I would definitely, like, recommend. Even if you don't want to watch 29 minutes of Disney songs and advertisements, watch this, because it is so funny to see Minnie not know the choreography. And, and I, I have it on now, and she keeps like fucking up the turns and stuff, and Roger Rabbit is next to her and keeps looking at her like, "What are you doing, bitch?" <laughs> Roger Rabbit is a fascinating aspect of it. Well, we'll get to him later on because he doesn't really come into focus until like halfway through. But his whoever does him is the probably one of the more fascinating aspects of this. Oh yeah, it was, it was interesting to see. Yeah. Oh god, it's just Minnie has no clue what's going on. <laughs> but we should, also time. we should highlight that Minnie doesn't show up until like halfway into the number. Yeah, yeah, she gets she shows up in the car or whatever, right? Someone no, she she shows up. I think with Mickey, or maybe oh yeah, wait, wait, you're right. She is in the cart because Mickey has probably the greatest entrance in the history of media. <laughs> okay, but we'll we'll get to that. So okay, so really the only things I have to highlight this that aren't food related is that I love the idea for the, of having certain character costumes. Like the walk around goofy in like Mickey characters, sure. but they're specific because we have Bobby Goofy. Oh yeah, and we have Firefighter Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I, I definitely it. noticed that. Where I was kind of like, oh, you know, we got our our usual characters in these weird uh, costumes. You know, it was it was pretty neat. So I want to have for the restaurant. Things like that. We have the walk around characters of Rob and Zach and like Nelson Delarosa, 
But I want to have like Firefighter Nelson De La Rosa And like Bobby Richard Stanley <laughs> Oh my god that would be so funny I want that I want that <laughs> I don't know if we should Even if it's not the real Richard Stanley Is it okay to give him like a, a nightstick? <laughs> is, it okay, long, is it okay to give Nelson De La Rosa any, any props at all? <laughs> I don't know It's a fireman's hat and like, like a rain slicker So that's all that matters <laughs> um, it, it, yeah, he, he'll be fine. He can't hurt anybody with those. Um, but yeah, I love the idea of having walk around characters that are specifically themed to things. Oh yeah, that is, that is a neat idea for sure. And going back, I love Mickey's entrance in this talk about that big dick energy son. He <laughs> comes in on like a tricycle piano. Yes, that's right. That is a baller ass move showing up to a musical dance number on Main Street <laughs> on a tricycle piano. Yeah, that is that's a good one. That's fantastic, folks. Like if you're anywhere in life and you show up on like a piano tricycle, everyone's like every single girl's gonna be like, God damn it, I know I have to go home with him now tonight. Yep, yep. <laughs> Come on, like that's like there is no better hook than that. I got to get me one of those. <laughs> Everybody needs one of those, Rob. Everybody. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So, so um, I, I did want to highlight in the Main Street song. Uh, I was just tr- I was just trying to find it to give you a timestamp, but I couldn't in in a short time. I should have written it down in the background. Of course, they're on Main Street. You know, Disneyland Main Street. It, it looks like a Main Street. There's shops everywhere. Uh, in the background of one of these shots, one of the shops that we see. Is a tobacconist, a tobacco oh, yeah. shop. Yep. Oh, what yeah. a time to be alive back in the eighties, right? When everybody was... was better off with a camel in their mouths. <laughs> well, that was to be to be fair. I don't think they ever sold cigarettes there, or sure, maybe they. Yeah. Back, I think when the park opened, they did. But I think that was there too. It was meant to be reminiscent of again Walt's hometown in the Marshalline, okay. Missouri. Again, that, that's why again Main Street USA isn't just there for the sake of like, oh, it's cute and like quaint. It's there to when Walt designed that. It was the idea of you're stepping back in time into his hometown. Gotcha. Sure. It, it, yeah. Again, everybody forgets now that like Disney does everything again. It, everything's just for the make a buck. But back then, there was like intent to these things. There was a thought process. It wasn't just like there because we like again. It's like the stuff they do for like Star Wars Land. It's like oh, we have all this immersive detail. Well, why do you have it? Because we have to. We're Disney. But how does it feel the story? Well, because we're Disney and, we, and people Tradition. expect that of us. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, it's just there because it has to be there. Before, yeah. it had a purpose as to how all these things connected. And again, that's part of the thing going back to Disney nowadays, too, is that it's just they have no soul. They're just doing it because, like Rob said, tradition. It's just there because we've always been doing it. Well, mm-hmm. but shouldn't you connect it then? Well, well, why? Well, well, as long as we're doing it, isn't that all that matters? It's like, no. No, it's like, it, it's, it's, an, it's, Effort and futility then if you're just doing it for just for the sake of doing it. But yeah. As long as the check clears. Indeed. Uh, that's all that matters now. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> so we don't care. As long as the check clears, we don't care if children are smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> it should be pointed out that Cinemondis is a loud, proud component of smoking. Oh right, yeah. Rob, we, I, condone, I, I, we condone smoking. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's I think it's just a fact. I I have a thing when when people uh, women smoke. It, it does sound so it's hot yeah it's i don't hot. know i don't know why i think I, zach's known i have a, the longest joke ever is like when i was i've said it to so many people for years like when i was young and in school 
they told me that smoking doesn't make you look cool. And that's the biggest lie I ever received from education. Smoking <laughs> might not be good for you, but goddamn, it makes you look cool. It's sexy. <laughs> it's sexy, son. <laughs> and uh, we're canceled. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. So getting back to uh, walking down the middle of Main Street, I do want to point out that I think Rob knows where he used to live. I live. There is Main Street in Poughkeepsie. Oh, yeah. And when I volunteer at the food pantry, which is on Main Street, every time, like during the summers, I used to walk down to a Kmart. It doesn't exist anymore, so I don't do it that often anymore. But when I would, I would always hum the song, I'm walking right down the middle. Right down the middle. I'm walking right down the middle of Main Street, USA. And then I'd hear gunshots at the duck and cover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm just imagining Zach str- like doing a good old stroll down the street, you know, I'm singing this mini. out loud. I'm doing the mini. I am doing the horrible, yes. horrible choreography. I'm embarrassing myself, and I hear gunshots from a drive-by. Yep, I'm like, drug dealers it, on the corner are like, what a, what's that dude saying? I need some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's happy in Poughkeepsie. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then like, well, the bullets are flying over my head. I'm still humming it. Yeah, it's, it's glorious, folks. Absolutely glorious. Um, and do I do want to say, Rob, do we, and this is not a demand for the restaurant, this is an idea, should we have a main street at the Cinematis restaurant? Should we have a corridor mm. in the center? Ooh, that's an interesting idea. When you say center... An artery, kind of like an artery what is of the, the park. the center of an infinite void, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I, I like this idea in the sense of maybe this is how we could 627, six minutes, 27 seconds into the YouTube video. You see the tobacconist in the background. I just found it. Um, uh, this should We should combine Main Street with our um, museum-esque wing where we have the ah. artifacts and the busts. Like maybe sure. there's like you walk down Main Street and you go into one store a storefront and you know that's where you see the busts of our our hollowed uh hollowed halls of directors or whoever actors all that stuff you go into another storefront and that's where all the you know kind of the chauncey puppet is and the artifacts that we've discussed you go into one storefront and it's just the orson wells deadite because you can't put him near other stuff i would imagine <laughs> it, has, it has a parental advisory warning on the front of it so yeah i like this it, it's kind of like the um the attraction part of the restaurant rather than the eatery part of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Fair and enough. We have, and we have a tobacconist. <laughs> I do want no, motion. I think it's in the uh, whistle while you work segment. We see Chip and Dale cleaning up a uh, tobacco Indian. They're like polishing. Him, oh, or, or yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, that would not happen in a million years right now. Yeah, like, I, saw, th- I saw one of those in real life in downtown Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. And I was like, what? I was like, people haven't burnt this? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Folks, you have a better chance of winning the laundry right now than finding a, a tobacco Indian yep. at yep. Disney. You have a better chance right now of winning the lottery. <laughs> 100%. Yep. All right. So unless you have anything to say, Rob, I'm willing to move on to our next song, which is the fascism song, Follow the Leader. Yes, uh, this is so much propaganda, but finally... This is the first song, I believe, where we still don't get a bouncing ball, but we do get the duck feet. Yes, you get that Donald's Help play. us with the lyrics. So, so the dunce bird can finally rejoice because if you're colorblind, you don't understand. You cannot follow the lyrics of the first three songs because they no. just change colors. This one, you actually have some help. 
And it makes sense because this is the one where I think they've primed the pump. All the kids watching this, you know, they know how to step in time. They know that they have to turn their brains off and make work go by quicker. So now what's left? They have to follow the leader. And this is, I, I, I think this is one of the Disney songs I've known, or at least I was somewhat familiar with. I didn't know all the lyrics, but there's stuff in here where it's like, we're going to follow the leader. We're going to be out till morning. We're not coming home until we finish our mission. And it's like, what the hell? <laughs> Once again, it was hitting me over the head with like wartime propaganda. Well, keep in mind, Rob, that back during the 30s and 40s, Disney did produce propaganda films oh, for, yeah. the, for, the, for the war effort. Yeah, I've definitely seen one or two of them. I think I've seen the one where, what, Donald Duck punches Hitler or something like that? <laughs> I, I have one. I'm, I'm not sure if Rob's ever seen it. It's like Reason and Emotion, okay. where it explains like, why like, the Allies are better than the Axis powers. And you get um, that might be the one I've seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's all, it, it doesn't involve any of the main characters. It's 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 oh, non-main okay, characters, okay. but it's great. Like it is fabulous. That was like, the. Uh, I think that is still a joke. Like in Kingdom Hearts two, they did. Um, you had to go back in time, and so you basically went to Steamboat Willie World, and everything was in black and white. And it's one of my favorite things in video games ever. I thought it was so cool. But I, the big joke after that was like, okay, next Kingdom Hearts game, they're going to go back to Disney's wartime propaganda, and we're gonna we're gonna like do that stuff, the Axis and Allies, and I thought that would have been great. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's the stuff we, you know, what, folks. That might hey, hey, we have might have an empty slot in December plus now. What if we went back and did Disney pro, like World War II propaganda? I that would fit right because I can't imagine that's on Disney plus. <laughs> no, oh, we might have to do that now. That's a good idea. I didn't even thought, yeah. I forgot about that. And there's there's some really go there's some really entertaining things in there. Yeah, okay. We might have to do that, folks. We might have to do that. <laughs> um all right, but follow the leader. Um, I don't think I've ever told Rob this joke before. Is that anytime I'm in, a, I'm in a car with somebody and like like whether they're backing out of like their driveway and they like hit a garbage can, like something that's not gonna hurt the car, something like you bump into something kind of like innocent. I always turn around to people and be like, I'm pretty sure that's how the Titanic sank, you know, and like just to kind of rubbing in on them. And so like over the years when I would show this to people, I would always make the comment after this song ended, I'm pretty sure that's how Hitler came to power. <laughs> sure. <laughs> nice. Beyond the, uh, the, the blatant fascism aspects of this song, despite how hilarious it is. They, there say, are some... they say we may bring back a million, a billion or a zillion. Like, this isn't even wartime. This is like what the Vikings would sing to each other. We're going to kill all the monks and bring back all the gold. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this is left over from, like, one of those things. Spoils yeah. a war song. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be surprised, Rob. Oh, I, I guess I should point out. I just saw it in the video. It reminded me. Uh, they're on the ship. They're on, like, the barge or whatever, like, going through. And they're going to see the tigers and the hippos. Sure. I love that the dude shoots the animatronic that's, hippo. That's the next thing I was about to say. <laughs> okay, I love that. And I also love that the ship they're on is called the Ganges Gal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not new. That's that's been that's I think that's still around to this day. That's oh, not, okay, sure. That's sure. Ga Ganges Gal made me think of Golden Girl, uh, the Animal Collective repetitive oh, okay. song we covered. Because this song was also repetitive. Yeah, that's that's nothing new. I think that's been around okay. forever. Like okay. it should be said that Jungle sure. Cruise is one of the few rides like every Disney park that never like that's like a Sacred Cow. That's a haunted uh, mansion or a Pirates of the Caribbean. They will never get rid of those. That is a uh yeah, they're not touching those. 
Okay, okay. So do they still shoot an animatronic hippo? No, you know? no, 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 no. I think <laughs> I, hippos are super dangerous, so it can't be that. I mean, it is I, animal cruelty, but I love the idea of being on a ride and giving a cast member a gun with a blank in it. <laughs> yep, yep. And this probably was, even this was was this before the crow? So they, they could they could think that was still okay to do, that's, right? That's 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 such a deep cut, folks. Like that's Oh my god. That's a deep cut. The crow? I know it's Bruce your Lee's son, Brandon Lee dying is a deep cut, really? That's a deep cut, Rob. That's a, that's a deep what? cut reference on the Disney Okay, Rob, look at the look at look at what we're in right now. We're watching Disneyland fun <laughs> and you're referencing Brandon Lee's death on the set of the crow from the blanks the blanks in the gun incident. That is a deep cut in the context we're in, Rob. <laughs> This is award-winning commentary, right? Yes, here. it is. You're not going to get this from any of those YouTube channels that have like half a million subscribers. Jenny Nicholson ain't got nothing on this, folks. <laughs> oh, okay, fair. Uh, and and I guess while we're on the topic, uh, the Crow, of course, was directed by Alex Proyas, our favorite Gods of Egypt director. Exactly. All right. So yes, I like the idea of somebody. I I, I just love that. Like I know on the Jaws ride. At Universal Studios, like the the person that was like the skipper of the boat had like a grenade launcher, or, like a faux grenade launcher. It didn't okay. shoot any smoke. It was just like you had like, you had to time it just right because like when they shoot the shark, they had to like it'd be like puffs of water or like air cannons that would shoot out of the water to replicate that that or similar eh, simulate it. Yeah, but I like the idea. that I'm pretty sure this you can actually see the smoke coming out of the barrel of the revolver. Oh yeah, definitely. It looks like a, a full-on blank for sure. Yeah, or if, at the very least, it's a very like a little, a very little amount of gunpowder. I don't know. With the tobacco shop, it might have been a real bullet. <laughs> 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 they were just they were just playing it fast and loose back in the day. All right. One thing I do want to point out that I think it's he shoots it twice. He shoots it I twice. I know he does. I know he does. <laughs> oh God, that's great. <laughs> I do. There's two other things I want to point out uh, about the ride, Jungle Cruise. I love that we get a shot of the indigenous peoples like doing their little like like oh God, uh, oh yeah. ritual dance. So offensive. <laughs> they're just they're just moving in a circle. Yes. <laughs> and they're all and they're all. Oh my God! It's. Yeah, that wouldn't be allowed today. That no. would not be no, allowed. It definitely would not be allowed today. Um, but I, this segment was interesting watching it because it, it kind of made me think of something that I, I, I oh, not un, very much unlike Zach. Rob does not regularly think about Disney <laughs> unless a Kingdom Hearts game is available. So when I was watching this, and especially in this segment where they're on the Ganges Gal, they're going through, they, they got animatronic elephants, hippos, tigers, blah, blah, blah. And then these, these people, yeah, these, these tribes, and it's like, wow, this is kind of like, it is, it is neat. I will give it to you, Zach. It is interesting. Like Disneyland, you know, you, you can't, not everybody can go to Africa and see these types of animals. Not everybody can travel the world. And this is kind of a spot where even though it's fake and animatronic, you still are immersed in these different cultures. And that... That is pretty cool for the time and the existence of this, I guess. So I'll, I'll give you that. There's a reason why Disneyland was this wild success, folks. There's a reason yeah. why that it succeeded well beyond anyone's dreams. It's because there was nothing else quite like it. Yeah, it was a, like a, a, a trip around the world in, in one spot. It, it, it is very interesting in that aspect. And we should point out that when uh, Walt Disney originally pitched the Jungle Cruise, he wanted to use real-life animals. Ooh, okay. Make it uh, the Disney Zoo, yeah. <laughs> Animal, a very primitive animal, animal yeah. kingdom. Animal kingdom, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, the next thing I want to bring up, and I need Rob to go to a very specific time code, and I need him to watch 
a specific person in the crowd. I'm, okay, I'm ready. I need you to go to nine minutes and five seconds. Because prior to this, okay, I'm sorry, the following scene is the shot that you're looking at fades out, and we go to a guy in a yellow shirt with a blue backpack, and he's holding like one of those big VHS camcorders. And I need you to watch how he moves. I can't tell if he's a staged person in the crowd or if he's just like somebody who has impeccable understanding of camera movements. Because you watch. Oh, wow, yeah. Look at the way he moves. Like yeah, he 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 turn he turns towards the parade as it's coming exactly as it comes, and then as soon as they get into frame, he ducks. So he it's like he knows there's another camera behind him. So my question is, is he the guy filming the footage? Because right after that shot of seeing him yeah. squat down, the, ca- the 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 shot cuts to literally the exact same angle he's filming from. Yeah, that's a good point. It really seems like it. So the million dollar question is, was this filmed on VHS tapes? <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, that's cheap, right? Get a dude that, with a big camcorder like that and just you're good. That's if that is true, because the only thing that makes me think that maybe it's not staged is that pr- if you go back, he's talking to the old man, in the white in the blue hat or in the white hat prior to that. Oh, yeah, he's, he's probably saying, get the hell out of my way. I need to. <laughs> videotape this yes and i'm just fascinated by that. that's like one of those like yeah. things where you watch and you're like how much of this was like like again seeing the uh the seams yeah okay oh interesting yeah i never would have picked up on that and uh i guess the last thing is to point out about this was that i know what they show it says like swiss family robinson like treehouse yeah yeah and and you see them like on a rope bridge like jumping up and down yep that was, I'm not sure if it was Disneyland or Disney World, but that attract, well, attraction in quotation marks, was in the news recently because somebody was jumping out up and down on it and it snapped. Oh, okay. That, that exact thing. It was the, the, it was the rope bridge at the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. <laughs> and there it is. Like, we're still talking about it like 29 years later. Jeez. What a time to be alive. So um, I guess the last question I have for you, Rob, this song is called Follow the Leader. Uh, do we want to carry this over into the Cinematis restaurant? And if so, which walk-around character of ours is going to be the leader that all the children kind of follow like the Pied Piper? Oh, that's a good idea. I, I don't know who would be the best to lead and take people away. <laughs> Bring them into war. I don't know. I feel like we need like an army recruiter walk around character for this. <laughs> I don't think we have one of those. <laughs> I, I don't know. How about we do something like uh, a drill sergeant? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something like that would work. I'm also thinking Richard Stanley, like him saying stuff like, uh, come with me. I'm going to put a curse on you unless you follow the leader. <laughs> I figured it out. Skip the warlock from Richard Stanley. <laughs> oh, there we go. And would he even be a walk around character or would we just actually get skip the warlock? Remember he disintegrated, remember? Remember didn't he like oh, melt? That's, yeah, that's right. Some yeah, something crazy happened with Skip the Warlock. Okay, we'll have to look into that. <laughs> Maybe he's one of the characters from Green Grinning Ghosts. Ooh, could be. Could be. Fucking Danielle. <laughs> That's who we get. We hire Danielle to find Skip the Warlock for us. She's not going to do anything. She's going to stand there. From what we gathered about Danielle, she has no work ethic in the slightest. But Rob, she can sit there and see the ghost. She's like Haley Joe Osment. (laughs) She's some clairvoyant person. (laughs) 
Oh, exactly. You're foolish, Danielle. You're foolish. You're glib. <laughs> so I, that's all I have to say about this segment, Rob. Do you have anything else to say? No, I, I think that was uh, I think that was everything I had for. Yep, Ganges gal. And then what? The next thing we get is the uh, grotesquely horrifying country bear costumes. Oh, well, okay. First, I I want to point out the introduction to this because I absolutely love it. I love the introduction we get by the first bear when the segment ends. It's like, oh god, okay, I, I want to do it. I want to do my like. We'll play the clip afterwards, <laughs> but I want to do my impersonation because every time I watch this, I do it. And like, like I said today, I watched this three times, and every single time I did the impersonation, and every time I made myself laugh hearing the actual bear person do it. But I have to do it justice. Okay, or, I'm sorry, I can't do it justice, but I'm gonna try. Howdy, kids! Welcome to Tom Sawyer's Island. Like, it is the most like, oh god! Like, it is insane. The voice, the voice. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Tom Sawyer's Island. Like, it is just the like most gruff prospector's voice you mm-hmm. have ever heard in your life. Howdy, kids! Let's go play on Tom Sawyer's Island. I yeah. Uh, when when it started and we get his his uh, like I think pros- prospector voice is a great way to put it. We get that. We get the the reveal that you know the their necks are huge, so people can you know operate or be in the costumes. I thought he was going to start saying like, "Okay, kids, squeal for me, squeal for me like a piggy," and I'm like, "This is horrifying." This song was not propaganda esque to me, but it was still horrifying in a different way. <gasps> Ned Baby, okay, <laughs> Ned Baby Bear, Ned Baby Bear. <laughs> well, my okay, I'm glad you brought up the horrific bear costumes because at one point I, I thought like, "Oh my god, these bears have all had tracheotomies because they have like giant holes in their neck." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, oh no, that's just a hole for like, so that people can see when they don't have the costume on. Yep. Because like, how are the cast members supposed to see through this? And then I realized, wait, there's a bear that's bear costume that's normal height. Because mm-hmm. now I started wondering why they like create like eight foot tall bear costumes that are insanely top heavy. Yeah, it it seems so so weird. Why not just make them like all regular size? Because like the, the the middle bear looks the most normal out of all of them. Yeah, like, he's yeah. the most realistic and non nightmarish out of all of them. So why go out of your way to make a horrific costume that's like dangerous for someone to wear and maneuver around in? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Literally, nothing <laughs> about these costumes makes sense. Like they're horrific. Like I love the one bear has like the duck face. Yep, yep. Duck face bear. And it's just like, it's jarring. Like, it's if I saw this, I know at one point in the video, the kids are running away from the bears. And I'm like, yes. Oh, that my, is the yeah, cor- that, that's the correct response to have to this. Yeah, that segment where uh, I think the kids are running like multiple times, but there's one where you see like a whole line of kids walk into a cave and above the cave, it clearly says exit only. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck are these kids doing? And then they run out of the same cave and because there was a bear in there. And I'm like, that's what, what you went in the exit only. What did you expect to happen? I, I don't get that. Like, that's one of those <laughs> things where, like, I, I think I, 
when I went to the movies recently, they had a American Express commercial for like the credit card. And in the advertisement, before like as you're sitting in the movie theater, it involves a woman checking like her credit card like statement during the movie. And I start I literally because Rob knows I saw Terminator Dark Fate again. And I literally screamed out in the empty theater, why the fuck are you encouraging people to use their phones during a movie? Exactly. Like, why in a Disney PSA or a Disney infomercial, why are you encouraging people to go into exits? Yeah. Into, or into yeah, do not so, con- so confusing to me. Yeah. It's like, this is one of those things where I like, I was yelling. Like, if it weren't for the <laughs> fact that I was so amused by, welcome to Tab Shores Island. And I know I blew the mic out, but it was worth it that time. It was worth it. There, there are kids. some things. That you need to blow the mic out on. <laughs> I want at the Cinematis restaurant. I want that bear, and I want him say like we have to. We're not even gonna have like an emulation. We're gonna have the exact audio file, and the bear's going to say, "Howdy, kids! Welcome to Tom Sawyer's Island." And people will be like, "Where? Where's Tom Sawyer's Island?" And we're gonna be like, "And we're gonna be like, Shh, don't ask questions." Is this is this bear gonna be like placed? After they get off the ferry to get to the restaurant, like when people are waiting for the rope drop, he's there. Yeah, yes, yes, he's there. Yeah, <laughs> confusing everybody because, like oh, you said, yeah. they're gonna be like, "I thought this was the restaurant." Tom Sawyer's Island. <laughs> Tom Sawyer's Island. <laughs> that might be a new merman. That's a merman level. Howdy, kids! Howdy, kids! Let's go play on Tom Sawyer's Island. It is good. It's good. Oh, it's it's so over the top. Like it is. Howdy, kids! Let's go play on Tom Sawyer's Island. I didn't know you could be that far over the top at that point. It's like, oh god, this is this is glorious, <laughs> straight yeah. up glorious. And the thing that's so weird about this for like a Disney infomercial is that clearly they're supposed to be based off the Country Bear Jamboree. Yes. The Country Bear Jamboree ride does not feature any of those bears. Oh, oh, okay. and it's not featured in the video at all. Oh, interesting. Okay, I just assumed I don't get that, that they were the same bears. So they're okay. not. They're not. And the ride itself is not. Okay, it's not a ride. It's more of a show. Yeah, the yeah. show itself is not featured in the video at all. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I think that makes my next one of the questions I had for you almost moot. But is the film The Country Bears on Disney Plus. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know either. I thought you would know. Uh, is Christopher Walken's The Country Bears on <laughs> Disney Plus? <laughs> I. It's weird. I haven't heard anybody talking about that. That's a. That's a weird one. No, I. I, I literally have no idea. I have not. Um, that's a weird one. I gotta look into that now. Yeah, I, I, it's weird. Yeah. Nobody that movie shows up in conversation every once in a while. I know. Um, I don't know where that would be. Okay, okay. I uh, peek behind the curtain when we were even before I think we recorded any episode to this podcast. We were setting up our spreadsheet with things we wanted to discuss, and I saw the country bears in Zach's list, and I was. To this day, I am still excited. One day we will talk about that movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, I know where to find it now. Give me a second. I know. I have a list somewhere. I'm, I'm like, I have my 800,000 bookmarks I have in my, my browser. I know I have a list of everything. I'll get you, bears. <laughs> no, no, no. It's no, no. Rob, Rob, come on. I've never seen it. You just told me about Rob, it. Rob, <laughs> neither. I have not seen it either, but I know oh, the quote right. <laughs> I hear it in my nightmares. <laughs> It wakes me up every day. The correct quote is, this ain't over. Bears! 
bears. <laughs> he had you have to inflect on the bears part as if you have not seen the bears at all in the last hour of the movie. <laughs> yes. He's only been in the movie for the last hour, but he's just now realizing that there's bears. You ever uh, you ever see an actor not remember his line in real time? <laughs> <laughs> That's Christopher Walken in the Country Bears. <laughs> it, it is on Disney Plus. I can confirm oh, okay, it okay. is on Disney Plus. So that's off the table for this month's series. As, but like as I said, well, we'll get to it one day. The last thing I have to bring up about the actual clip, and I know at one point they're playing like in a clubhouse, and I love that we see like the small brown bear. He's running up the stairs, but clearly when they film this, I think it's at the uh, eleven minute and twenty eight second mark. You see the brown bear running up the stairs. And clearly the people that were at this like clubhouse weren't expecting this at all because there's like four women at the top oh. of the stairs and the bear like legit like pushes them out of the way. Yeah, yeah, I just saw it. <laughs> like it's insane. Like one woman like leans back and she is so confused. It's like there's a giant bear running up the stairs. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and the last thing I have to say about this is um does the Cinemati's restaurant, or maybe Cinemati's, should we have a treehouse clubhouse for the kids? Like, you know, like when the McDonald's had, like, the bouncy, like, okay, had, like, the, uh, like, little, I don't know what to call it, like, the castles with the bounce, like, the balls? Should Ooh, yeah, we the, have... Bacteria farms, yep. <laughs> Perfect. Um, should Cinemati's <laughs> Cine have a... Cinemati's bacteria farm that you okay. kids can play in. Rob, okay, Rob figured it out, folks. He answered it for me before I could even trip over the words. So, uh, thank you, Rob. <laughs> It's all going to be it's going to be weird plastic that's incredibly malleable but we never clean and if there is any wood it's going to be like treated wood that you are guaranteed to get a splinter from. Bingo. Guaranteed. Bingo. <laughs> and it's treated with some sort of chemical that in 20 years there'll be a class action lawsuit against us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did you ever did your kids ever play at the Cinemati's restaurant? I guess have we given our call to call like after I guess we should give our call to action oh, that's about Disney right. Plus. Yeah, we didn't do that last week. I, All right, I, Rob. We forgot about it. No, we didn't forget about it, Rob because you now that we're recording this before that episode went out, you are going to insert a disclaimer or yes. not a disclaimer, a notice at the beginning of every episode in December Plus, <laughs> telling the audience what they have to do to December Plus. You've already heard it now twice, folks. I like but, it. But we're just we're we are realizing this in real time that we made a mistake. I like it. Yes, welcome back to the Cinemodities Podcast Time Vortex. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. All right, so unless you have anything else to say about that, Rob, can we move on to the next number, which is the greatest number? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm ready for the zip, 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 zip. <laughs> All right, folks. The next number is zippity-doo-dah. It's the clip that I played in reverse last week. It's everything. That's the reason why I love this video. Um, this is the segment when I was a kid. I played it on loop. I would I would watch this for like all of two minutes, rewind it, and keep playing this over and over again because it was my favorite song. And it had all the clips of like the attractions that I never got to experience. Like, well, I experienced the Skyway, but I have no memory of it, mm -hmm. and the submarine ride. So, plus, I always I've always loved the Zippity Doodah song. It's one of the very few like Disney songs I actually I think I know all the words to. Like a few times, like in the shower, I'll actually be singing Zip. Sometimes, sometimes I'll vary between like the Song of the South version, which is the more slow down, like tempo version. Okay. And now sometimes I'll do it with the uh, the version from this, which is definitely a '80s '90s like twist oh, yeah. on it. Oh yeah. 
especially the bridge in the middle, the bridge in the middle possibly being the greatest thing ever. Um, when they wrote the Zippity Doodah song in the 40s, I never, I don't think they ever could have imagined that they would make a 90s rap out of it at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that threw me for a loop for sure. But you know it is a thrill when you go downhill Cause you're riding on the mountain of your own free will And you're zipping in a flash on a daring dash Down a waterfall so rapid that you go splish splash that uh, took me off caught me off guard in this song uh the the use of the the term satisfactual yes that that threw me for a loop because I like had to pause it and I was like because you know I'm watching this and I'm looking I'm looking at the background I'm like what are they like, what's going on and then like a word just pops up and the subtitles are you know the words to follow and it's like actual satisfactual and I'm like wait what did I have a stroke <laughs> <laughs> I love that though I like that I love again we'll talk about more next week what we're gonna do but yeah I I love this I love the Zippity Do That song so much and I find it fascinating that. They don't do it as much now, um, especially like in the last few years, maybe the last 10 years. But Zippity Doodah was like one of those ubiquitous Disney songs. Yeah, like that's th what I was going to say. Like, this is probably, you know, maybe not in this video, but uh, this is one of the better known Disney songs, I would say. Oh, yeah. I would say, again, 10 years ago is when they really stopped like talking about it because that's when like people were like realizing like Disney has this weird thing with uh, Song of the South and we'll delve into it definitely a lot more next week. But it's always this weird sort of just like they're on the edge. Mm -hmm. It's like like they they embrace it to us. It's funny. They pretty much embrace every aspect of it except directly the film. Oh, OK, OK. Sure. Because because the whole Splash Mountain ride, which is what we see in this, is based on that film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like one of Disney's most popular attractions, which is at almost all of its parks, is based on the film. If they could genuinely just, if they could push a button and make everybody forget about it, they would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's the insane thing about like Song of the South. But like I said, we'll we'll definitely get into that next week. Yeah. Racism. <laughs> racism. Supposedly. <laughs> Alleged racism. Or, uh, mis yeah, yeah. Mis no, okay, no. It's a uh, misinterpreted racism. Because there's really nothing blatantly racist. Um, it's again, it's a reflection of its time. It's 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 a period piece. Like it's not like it was made like it's supposed to take place in 2019. It's yeah, like yeah. yeah, it's 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 of its time. It's a period piece. Um, if you don't like that, that's fine. No one's telling you you have to like it though, but it, it, it's a, it's a product of its time in more ways than one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, though, so Zippity Doodah, I love this song. Um, I've always loved the very, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of grating, but I love the, I love the, the, the Roger Rabbit and just the, the sheer, just over physical acting. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> Roger is freaked out and the kids have to calm him down. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting for sure. <laughs> so, Rob, if there is walk around characters at the Cinematis restaurant, which one of us do the kids have to calm down the most? The Rob walk around character or the Zach Rob walk around character? Mm, I, I would imagine we would trade off in some sense, and maybe depending on what other events are happening at the restaurant, that would kind of guide which one of us freaks out type of thing. <laughs> like if it's a like if it's a men, women, and children type of day, they'd have to calm Rob down. But but if it's a a sketch comedy fort month, they okay. have to calm Zach down. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it.
And um, specifically by saying, zip, 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 I want a group of children around the walk-around character just screaming zip at them in fast succession. It made me think of, that, that, that portion made me think of, like, what if Andrew Dice Clay did a zippity doo version? Like, zippity doo da zippity oh! You know what I mean? Like, I would love to hear that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> okay, so two other things about this, or three other things about this, is that I think it should be said also on top of the fact that probably the happiest moments of my life about Disney back in the day were the um, roughly, uh, I don't know, 30 seconds at, mi- at minute 13.30, and then ending with like 14, like 10 of Star Tours. Yes, yep, yep. Because when I was younger, like when I first started, because again, I had this tape well before I ever knew what Star Wars was. Okay. So after I had seen Star Wars, I remembered seeing, like, oh, wait, C3PO and R2D2 are in this thing, but it says Star Tours. So, like, my parents had to, I think probably more my father, because my mother had no clue. My father had to, like, explain to me, like, it's just Star Wars. I guess they just can't call it, like, Star Wars for legal reasons. And while I was younger, I would watch this all the time just for the Star Tour sequence. Sure. Because this is also back before YouTube. So if you ever wanted to, like, live out Star Tours from home, this was the best you could do. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's delightful. Absolutely delightful. And we get to see Captain Rex, voiced by Paul Rubens, who is now the DJ at Ooga Booga's Cantina at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Buy your tickets now. Paul, Paul Rubens, like... Like the Paul Rubens? Yeah, he's Captain, Re- he's Captain Rex. You mean Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens? Yeah, yeah he's Holy Captain Rex. Shit. Never yes, knew that. He was the voice of uh, Rex. And then uh, for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, because in 2011, when they redid Star Tours into uh, Star Tours, uh, The Adventure Continues, they got rid of him. They made C-3PO the pilot, which makes no sense at all. But <laughs> again, Disney Disney knows better than we all do, don't they? Okay. And um, they brought back Rex to be the, the DJ at the cantina. And um, it's painful. As somebody who loves the um, Star Tours, the original incarnation, the new one's crap, it's garbage. Um, as someone who loves that character and just how unique he was, it's a travesty that they made him the DJ. Because all they can they actually got Paul Rubens to come back and voice him again. And it's like there's I've watched the clips of him on YouTube, and it's hum- like if you love that iteration of Star Tours, it's humiliating what they've done to him. He's oh, like, yo, okay. I can't wait to draw. Like, I, I, I can't do it. Like I, I don't know specifically though, but it's all these like Star Wars puns. Like instead of like it's like, oh, I'm about to drop these sick Wookie beats, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, kill me. Kill me. It's it's again insert the Ryan Gosling uh like that's my reaction. I was watching that the first time. It's like, oh, like the first footage of like DJ Rex from Ooga Booga's Cantina at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And I'm watching it. And I'm like, and my face is like like my face just slowly deflates and I have this really stoic like gaze. And I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> tear across the room. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. that well, was my huh? reaction. Oh, damn. Yeah, Paul, I love Paul Room is great. Yes, and uh, clearly he needs money, so uh, Disney wrote him a check, and like anything else in life, uh, as long as the check clears, Disney gets its way. Um, and then the last, uh, the, the second to last thing is, in this sequence with zippity doo and I know it shows up in a bunch of other parts of this uh, infomercial as well, it's the, but it's the most kind of like profound, is that, not profound, it's the most noticeable, mm-hmm. is 
there's a lot of stock footage. Ah, uh, sure. Like sure. it's stuff that like you clearly tell that they didn't film for this because in a couple of the shots you'll see where like you'll see the kids and you'll see like the uh, the sky and the sky is kind of like bright white, and then like in the stock footage the sky is blue. Oh, sure, sure. And you're like, oh, like clearly this is like reused stuff from like I think I even looked on like one of the Disney wikis and it's like, oh, this is like reused from like some sort of special they did like in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the last thing I want to point out before uh, we move on is that I think it's at the 12 minute and 40 second mark. If you watch the train come into the station, you'll see a guy with a black t-shirt and he actually gives like a finger salute or a finger, like finger gun shoot to uh, Roger rabbit. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. He does like the, uh, like the, gives him the nod type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I, I just noticed that this time. <laughs> And should point out that when this was being produced, Roger Rabbit was like barely six months old as a character. Like Roger Rabbit was mm. like a bra- like a wholly original, like brand new character at this time. Yeah, I did not expect to see him in this movie, that character in this movie. Yeah, he at this time he was a genuine celebrity. Like he was like like the uh, god, the first character in a while that Disney had that was like hot. Like sure. he was popular. Yep. Because this where's was the, all like where's the Bob Hoskins walk around character? <laughs> At the bar, he's at the back of the- <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And then the last thing is, uh, I, we, I, I, you know what? This kind of conflicts with what a later idea I have for the Cinemati's uh, uh, music. That we probably have, we probably have some music at the restaurant, right? That we play over speakers. Oh yeah, like the um, the performances of the Vox Lux animatronic. I think didn't we say that we have some song very loud on repeat just in the bathrooms or something at yeah, one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I know I know I want added I know this conflicts with what I'm about to say later on, but I do want on the soundtrack zippity doo da. I want the nineties okay. remix version. Sure, sure. Yeah with the zip 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 zip. God damn right. <laughs> All right, Rob, anything else about zippity doo da or can we move on? No, uh, nothing else about zippity doo da for the uh, listeners at home. We have hit the halfway mark of the video we're discussing, <laughs> <laughs> and we are at roughly an hour and forty-four minutes, folks. This should this should be fun. But to be fair, this my snack portion is rather small, so I think once we kind of like end the discussion, sure. yeah. it's we're we're going to coast into an ending much faster than usual. Oh yeah, yeah. So I'm ready uh, for rumbly in my tumbly. Rumbly in my tumbly. Rumbly yesterday, in my. Humbly, I love saying that. <laughs> as I yesterday, I was watching this and I had to go somewhere, so I had to turn this off halfway through. And as I was out doing stuff yesterday afternoon, I was singing this to myself. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so rumbly in my tumbly for something sweet. And whoever whoever else I was with was like, if you're hungry, we can stop and get something. I'm like, I'm singing one of the Pooh songs. <laughs> Folks, anytime you're hungry for a group of people, just go around saying you're rumbling, you're tumbling for something sweet. Yeah, I mean that's the only way to do it, right? Exactly. So some of the stuff that I there's not a lot I have to say about this. Um, I think this is a cute song. I've always like it's always been kind of the letdown because like, you're never gonna be able to top a zippity doo dah. So this is kind of like the everything's downhill from here. Yeah, this is all the falling action now of the video. Pretty the much. climax was zippity doo dah. <laughs> exactly. But the weird thing I found about this video is that there's an insane amount of like candid voyeuristic footage. Oh yeah. Like there's so much footage of people just eating from a distance mm-hmm. that I have to wonder. It was like. Not all of these people could have signed off on this. I know at one point, like the most jarring shot we get in this, I know a lot of it stays because we'll see like some of the people like present the kids' food, like Tigger serving uh, popcorn. We have um, 
oh god, who is it? We have a uh, Donald Duck serving uh, pancakes. Oh sure, it, sure. And we have a bunch of stuff like that. But at one point in the footage, we cut to a little girl at a table from a distance eating noodles, and the color timing is like night and day compared to the rest of the segment. Okay, where is it? Okay, yeah, it is. Fifteen minutes and forty nine seconds. We get one shot of a little girl eating noodles, and the timing is completely different. Oh, God, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> so, that was, so, so the director maybe is some sort of pervert. It was like watching like, a little girl eat noodles, like, yeah, this is the shot. Yeah. This is the yeah. shot. This is the money shot. Slurp up that noodle. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so out of place. What is she? The little girl has something in her the other hand. Because one her, her left hand is the spoon, and she's eating noodles, and in the right hand, there's like... A burger or something. Do you see this? Uh, yeah, it's a burger. This, this bitch is double fisting over here. <laughs> Maybe that's why I included it. This little girl's so hungry. She's double fisting food. But that, on a visual level, it's so jarring. Though. Oh, yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's so, so... The palette is so clearly different. And the weird thing is that she doesn't even know the camera's, like, watching her. Like, that's, like, that's the thing that makes it kind of icky. Is yeah. that, like, you can tell when, like, a camera's on somebody and they don't know, like, it's happening. And that's, yep. It, yep. and that's the, and it's, like, it's icky to, be, like, when it happens to, like, adults. But it's, like, especially icky when it's children. Yeah, yeah, definitely weird. Uh, I guess I just didn't notice it because it was just, you know, Disney it's video brief. for kids. It's, and I was... it's, it's insanely brief, too. True. It's, like, it's yeah. like, what, like a fraction of a second? Yeah, oh it's, yeah, it's true. It's like the equivalent of like the moldy marshmallow man ghost from a uh, real scary stories. <laughs> yes, perfect. <laughs> really the last thing I have to say about this outside of like this because folks, this is like I have like an entire page full of like restaurant notes for this. Um it was kind of like, like when we pitched the Cinematis restaurant to Mark Cuban on Shark Tank, we're going to show this clip. Like <laughs> this is how our restaurants going to serve food to people. Perfect. <laughs> Is that in the part of the song, Pooh is singing about like food and about being hungry. And at one point he says, it's always food time yep. when it's poo time. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so I wanted on record that I want to ask Rob, do you know what time specifically is poo time? Because uh, I don't know about you, it... but poo time for <laughs> me is about 20 minutes after I wake up and have my first cup of coffee. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I would say that's accurate. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so at the Cinemati's restaurant, should we have a, like, specific, like, poo time? <laughs> I'm imagining a customer I can't even to the say waiter. That. The, the customer says to the waiter, can you show me where the bathroom is? No, it's not poo time yet. <laughs> what? Is, is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> like, unless it's a specific time we lock the bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone goes to the bathroom and it's locked, so they think they need to go get a key, but it's like, no, you have to wait. <laughs> For what? Uh, maybe th three more hours? <laughs> oh my god. I'm rumbly in my tummy, then it's time to eat. It's a tasteful thing to do. <laughs> Be it 10 or 12 or 2. For any time is food time. When you set your clock on poo time. <laughs> I will say... Uh, we do get the bouncing honey pot-ness, so <laughs> yes, they, yes, they, they, they give us some help with the lyrics. So, you know, that's that's why Zach was able to recreate that so perfectly. We only have <laughs> 16 minutes to wait till we finally get what they promised in the first 10 seconds of yes, the video. Yeah. <laughs> Something finally bouncing. 
Yes. All right. So um, food items I have for this. Um, I like the I, earlier in the video when Tigger is serving Pooh some uh, popcorn. He mm-hmm. trips and spills all of his popcorn and everybody laughs at him. So I think we should make that a rule because I think Rob knows when you go to a restaurant, like an employee like, breaks a plate or a glass, you're supposed to clap. That's kind of like the non-spoken rule. Um, I think at the San Amadi's restaurant, one of the walk-around characters spills food. You should openly mock them. Oh, sure. That sounds... Like I think we've done that before. Yeah, I think we've done that before. Yeah, but this will solidify it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, of course. You know, um, uh, demoralize them for sure. Perfect. Um, the next thing is in the video, we see some kids served some uh, Mickey Mouse pancakes. Yep. And I think we should have Rob and Zach pancakes because it's in the Monty's late night movies with Rob and Zach. But it's the exact same Mickey Mouse shape with the cherry <laughs> eyes and the pineapple smile. Okay, sure, sure. It's the exact same thing. It's like, but I wanted the Rob ones. And it's like, these are the Rob ones. These are but, the Rob ones. <laughs> but it's like, I ordered the Zach ones. They look the same. Do you not get it yet? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> and then lastly, but not least, I want the Pooh walk around character that stares at you while you try to eat while singing the song. Like you're trying to eat your meal. Like, you, like let's say you're one of the very few people on the, like in the restaurant that knows how to navigate the, uh, the maze, which is the restaurant to find sure. something that's genuinely edible. You order it. And then while you're trying to eat the Winnie the Pooh walk around character since there, it sit, sits there and sings you the hungry in my tummy song. Rumbly okay. in my tummy song, excuse me. Okay, yeah, some some pressure from the restaurant. <laughs> yes, make you uncomfortable. Another aspect of the voyeurism. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and while this is going on, he's trying to steal your food. Of, oh, of course. How? Because we don't pay our employees anywhere near enough for them to feed themselves. <laughs> yeah, forget about a living wage. We can't even feed, like, like, give them a feed wage. Like, they can't even afford to eat the food. Like, we throw out, I know a lot of restaurants at the end of the day will like, send their employees home with like leftovers. We throw them away. Yeah. <laughs> no one's also, getting free food at the Cinematis. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. I'm also imagining someone is like, you know, they, they get a, ask for a manager or whatever. I don't know. I'm assuming a, <laughs> anyone with authority in our restaurant would also be a walk around character. And the customer complaining like this, the, the, this walk around character touched my food, and it's like that's just that just happens, and the customer's like, no, but he touched it with his jizzle. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like somebody asked to speak to a manager, and we send over the Winnie the Pooh walk around character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The, like, excuse to, me. to see the look on their face would be hilarious. <laughs> Can you imagine going to Disney World and like seeing like one of these character like breakfasts where it's like something like a hundred dollars a plate and you have a problem with the food and the ma- it's like you tell the waiter, excuse me, can I speak to the manager? And they send over like the Wayne the Pooh walk around character. Jafar <laughs> comes over. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with your food? <laughs> he has the scepter too. He's like yes. he puts hypnotizing <laughs> you. Nothing's wrong with your food. I'm the Sultan now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Absolutely great. All right, Rob. Um, uh, I guess unless you have anything else to say, we'll move on to our next song. Yeah, my um, I don't know. If Zach knows this. Is probably my least favorite Disney song. It's a small world. I can't, I don't like this song in the slightest. <laughs> I love this so much. Like I, I figured. <laughs> I I want on record that like I like I have no problems with earworms. I know a lot of people hate earworms. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love this. Like as I like every single time I watch this today, all like eighty six. Every time we got to this, I was just like, much like 
um, Happy Happy Halloween from Silver Shamrock. Sure. I was just, I was oompa loompying. I'm like, it's a small <laughs> world after all. And I actually have written in my notes, Glee. Because that's the <laughs> purest emotion I had. I was just beaming while listening to this. Right on, I'm right like, on. this is great. Like, like, I know a lot of people don't like It's a Small World, um, the song, Boat and the Ride. But I, it's, like, it's one of those things where I remember when I used to go to um, Disney with my brother and my nephew and we would like like we always it's funny because like a bunch of like much like my um like like my i guess seeing disney films i know like i've said even last week like i've never seen i have no memory of aladdin no memory of beauty and the beast i don't like sure. most of these movies and when i went to disney with my my brother we skipped a lot of these rides because it was just like oh. this was hokey like we're not doing the hokey rides yeah gotcha like gotcha. I, like if we went to Magic Kingdom, we always went like counterclockwise. Would start Tomorrowland, do Buzz Lightyear. We never did because my nephew was a and he was afraid of everything. We couldn't do Space Mountain, so like we do Buzz Lightyear, and then we go to like Fantasyland, do like oh God, I don't know what we did in Fantasyland. Like, I honestly have no idea what we did in Fantasyland. I, I don't okay. think we ever. Did. I honestly cannot think of a single ride we did in Fantasyland. Um, we maybe did like Mickey. I remember one year we did Mickey's Philhar Magic. Ooh. Then we did no, don't get excited. It's not very good. Um I like uh, the name. <laughs> it's cool. No, no, it's neat for what it is. Or it was neat back in the day for what it was. And then we do like Haunted Mansion. Like honestly, now that I think about it, what the hell did we do at the Magic Kingdom? I guess what we did was we did that, those things, Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. I think pi- by the end of the day, I think it was Pirates of the Caribbean was probably the last thing we oh, did. Sure. Okay. And that was it. Like we didn't really like that's I've never been on Jungle Cruise, never been on Space Mountain. Never been on Peter Pan, or at least I don't mm-hmm. remember ever being on Peter Pan. Um, I know I've done It's a Small World a couple of times, but not with him. And that's what it was. Like a lot of these rides, like I never got to go on because they were deemed hokey. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes but, like, sense. Now, that's I, understandable. Yeah. At the I time, guess I, I say, guess. Yeah. This, this was like 2003. The last time I was there was 2006 was the magic kingdom in the first and like because because my brother will always ask because he didn't care like he was just like whatever you guys want to do i don't care and he like what rides do you want to go on zach and the i don't think rob knows this i don't think he knows the ride my first thing was i have to go on the carousel of progress and and they're like <laughs> what they're like why I'm like, cause it's Walt's attraction. Yeah. And I remember, I remember being so excited for Car- like Carousel Progress. Probably is my favorite ride because I know it's really hokey to say that in the Disney thing. Cause it's like, oh, it's Walt's like last attraction or like has the most of his like spirit in it. Mm-hmm. But like, it's so like outdated and it's so like corny. <laughs> okay. But it's delightful because of how corny it is. Right on. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's I love it. Um, but yeah, anyway, I have no idea where I was going with this. Um, but oh yeah, it's a small world. Uh, okay, I really don't have much to say about this segment. I love the song, like it's 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 a bop. I love it. I eat it up. It's delicious. Sure, um, it's, sure. It's it's eighteens level where I'm just like I'm like I'm gonna get fat from this, but I love every <laughs> moment of it. I think part of my problem with this song is the the catchiness of it. Uh, how much I've heard it throughout my life, I feel like this is one of those ones where you know everybody knows this song. But ever since I was a kid, I've known it's not a small world. It's the gerbils world, Zach. Do you remember that episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog with the gerbil oh, in the vacuum? Yeah. It's the oh gerbil's world. Because that song, which of course we're going to get the clip in of, Thank that you. song I, is I, like, 
modeled after a small world, and I like that better. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's the gerbil's world. It's the gerbil's world. And then there's like a there's like a boat chase scene yep. where Courage is chasing the gerbil and it slows down to like an opera version. Oh, it's it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Now, I remember that episode because that's the one with the uh, isn't that the woman that's like in the vacuum cleaner and it's like she has like the suction cups for hands and feet and she's like, have encouraged like screams when he sees her and she's like, haven't you ever seen a lady before? Yes, yes, because the premise of that episode of the gerbil is pretending to be a traveling vacuum salesman and when people like agree to his stuff and sign the contract, he will use the vacuum to like shrink them and suck them up because he wants to take them back to his like research department and use little humans as his guinea pigs like it's a gerbil testing things on humans like genetic experiments on humans what's the matter with you haven't you ever seen a lady before (gasps) you know for kids I have. I think I, I remember Sal and I used to go through this. Um, there's, there's no logical explanation as to how John Dilworth got a TV show for children. Oh yeah, no. He must. Uh, he, he was either sleeping with an executive, blackmailed, or drugged them. It's, it's one of those three. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. Possibly or, a, a very good blowjob. <laughs> or all of the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a yeah. Courage the Cowardly Dog is a, a relic of time, just like Wonder Shows, and it's like, god damn. We don't know why or how this exists, but we're thankful for it. Well, yes. in the case of Courage, I'm thankful for it. I like Courage is very much an Eraserhead type of thing. Where like I, 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 I watch it, but I cannot say that I like it. Like it's like it's like <laughs> it's like I admire its existence, but I cannot say in good faith I like it because it it, it, sure. it even though it's not as bad as an Eraserhead, it's like Baby's first Eraserhead. <laughs> yeah, especially, yeah. Especially the first the first season is genuinely Baby's first Eraserhead. Oh yeah, big time. That's that's a Christmas ornament Rob and I are going to make. It's going to be the lady in the radiator, and on the back it's going to say, Baby's first eraserhead. Baby's <laughs> first eraserhead. No, oh, God, how stupid am I? It's not the lady in the radiator. It's Henry's baby. Would it be the baby? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's the really like like big version, like after like he cuts oh, oh. open the dressing. That's nice. what it is. Nice. God okay, yeah, I love stu- that. So f- I'm so goddamn stupid. Snap out of it, uh, Danielle. Cut the shit. <laughs> <laughs> Think of Christmas ornaments better. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. And the thing, only addition I have for the restaurant is much like I said before, I'm going to conflict this with what I said earlier about Zippity Doodah. But I want all I want uh, it's a small world played over the music system, but I have uh-huh. it in my notes written as all the time, all the time. It's a small world all day. All the time. <laughs> e major all day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, right on. Well, I hope uh, I didn't have much. T- the only thing I had about it's a small world was it's not a small world. It's a gerbil's world, but. It's not gerbil's world. It's not gerbil's world. It's not gerbil's world. It's not gerbil's world. Small world for me. Always, I don't think Zach's seen it still, but I hope one day we will discuss uh, the anti-Disney film Escape from Tomorrow, where our main character vomits on the It's a Small World ride, and that's a good scene. <laughs> I forgot. Oh God, Rob, we might. Okay, Rob, this December Plus is becoming a fort month. I love. I really want to talk about. I only saw Escape from Tomorrow once, but I loved it, and I would love. I think it would fit as a great juxtaposition to the- your love of Disney that you're showing off in this series. That that'd be interesting. I, I still have to watch this game. I, I remember hearing about that. I know I'm the one who suggested that to you. Um, I, I still have never gotten to that. For, not for any sort. Like I want to see it, but it's just one of those things that's just always it gets buried on on the list of like things to watch. Yeah, yeah. Throw it on there. It's it's good. I love. Uh, I think I mentioned it a long time ago on this podcast. But every time in that movie, someone says the word Disney, it gets bleeped out, and it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's clever. Um, I guess. The next, I have nothing else to say, so I guess we're moving on to uh, making memories. Yeah, yeah, and the the propaganda turns up again, because like I said before, making memories starts with the, before you know that it's about taking pictures, the first two lines are, now we shoot whatever we see. Night or day in color photography. Before the in color photography point came out, I was like, oh my God, this is about murder. <laughs> like the first few lines might have well been, we shoot until we don't shoot until we see the whites of their eyes. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've never seen that under this lens, but I've always like interpreted this song as the voyeurism song. Yeah. Because definitely. all this, all this is, is videotaping people without them knowing it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Take pictures, show your friends publicity <laughs> to make people feel uncomfortable by like get sexual arousal by filming people there's nothing yeah. weird about that yep yeah i know there's a there's one shot somewhere in here where like mickey taps minnie on the shoulder and they both hold up cameras yep. like so minnie takes a picture of mickey holding a camera and mickey takes a picture of minnie holding a camera i'm like i guess it works but who would ever do that Oh God! I've isn't there? <laughs> isn't okay. First thing I want to point out about that sequence is that is that that camera is almost like those cameras they're holding because they are like super big for like the walk around characters to yeah. hold. They look like the camera from Goosebumps. <laughs> the uh, the toaster camera type thing. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It yeah. It like does that. definitely. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. This I, I've always seen this one. I've got, this is one of my least favorite like songs from the entire video because I feel like it has no point. Like in all honesty, like it really, this song should have like a little like sticker under it that says like "Presented by Kodak" or "Even yeah. Kodak." 
Uh, I know, I know probably the reason why this was in there because a Kodak for the longest time was like a big, huge sponsor of Disney. Oh, okay. Okay. And that only started to cease when like digital photography took over. Sure. Sure. Cause I remember hearing stories like Kodak had such a huge influence over Disney that apparently, um, back, I think like in the early nineties, they wanted to put a, um, like a Godzilla, like a uh, Mount Fuji, like ride in um, Epcot and Kodak told them no, because people will think the park is sponsored by Fuji film. Oh, okay. Sure. That's the sort of sway that like Eastman Kodak had over this. Mm, interesting. Interesting. And I can still remember to this day, seeing all like the Kodak stuff, like everywhere. Like if you ever go to like any of the souvenir shops, they always had Kodak like um, film. Like it was, yeah, I guess, it was everywhere. I guess that, that somewhat answers this question, but back in this time, say the eighties, early nineties, could you get film developed at Disney? Like, let's say you go for a weekend and on the first day, you, you know, you finish a role. Could you get it developed at Disney in like a 24 hour photo type of thing? Cause then that's, this song would make perfect sense. Everybody take pictures and then keep using our services in the park. But I, 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 I never know if they actually did that. I, 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 okay. Cause if, uh, if Kodak, I, Kodak, Kodak, Kodak was involved, then, you know, it would make sense. Like they get their little photoshops, you buy their film, they develop it. Like it's a, it's a closed system. Uh, I, I've never heard that specific. I have no memory of that specifically. Okay. The idea I think always was, um, I don't think you needed to develop the pictures immediately. It was that like, you always had extra film. Like you take pictures, so you sure. go buy, like, again, think about the normal, uh, Roll of film costs fifteen dollars. It's going to cost you like twenty three at the parks, yeah, if not more. Yeah. And the ad to was just they probably had carrying cases for all your additional thing. Like, oh, here's your little special Eastman Kodak film carrying case uh, mm-hmm. film roll. Yeah, that's probably what it was. I think probably add to is that if you wanted them developed, you either waited until you got home or okay. you went to like like a twenty uh, four hour photo outside the parks. Okay, sure. Yeah, I guess it I, makes sense just as well with the film. Like you take your pictures, take your pictures, and then buy more film. That gets the job done. Um, yeah, you know, it makes them enough money. Yeah, most people did not. It's not like today where you need that instant like proof that you did something. Yeah, yeah. Like, again, it's funny. I, I was talking to somebody, and it's like it's hard to really believe that just like twenty years ago, that like if you wanted to capture something, like capture a piece of media, whether it be again film. Uh, uh, photos, music, how just difficult it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we, I think we talked about like when it came to the 18s, it was like, if you heard a song back in the day that you liked and you didn't know the name of it, there's a good possibility that you had to go weeks until you eventually just like got lucky and heard it again, or you heard the DJ say it, or yeah. you like just found somebody who knew a lot about music. And the same goes for photos nowadays that like, if like, if you were somewhere and you ran out of film, you were out of luck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, and that's why some. That's why Kodak loved like their their partnership with Disney because sure. it was a great it was a great place. Like people were always running out of film all the time, and it was a great place to sell a huge markup. Yeah, yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's one of those things that we really don't think about anymore. Just how hard it was to like capture media back in the day. Definitely something we've taken for granted in the last like twenty plus years. Oh, big time, big time. So uh, one specific scene I want to highlight about this, if you look at like the 20 minute, 20 second mark, you go through there and there's a moment where there's a guy with his kid like sitting on his shoulders, but the kid is actually falling asleep and he's holding his kid's head up. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> that, you know, that is, the, I, I was imagining something less precariously perched yes. when you described it, but this is like that kid's ready to go down like that. That dude sneezes. That kid's hitting the pavement. 
that kid moves the wrong way. Yeah. And the worst part, and the kid is out. Like you look at that, the kid is out. Big time. But the thing I gotta say about this is that this is like in this entire thing, which like I said, crass consumerism. Mm-hmm. This is like the cutest moment in it. Like this That's seems like a okay. this seems like a genuine like moment. This was not staged. Someone got lucky with mm-hmm. the camera and yeah. caught like a genuinely magical cute moment. Like a kid who's like exhausted from the fun of Disney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. It's cute. Like this is like in all honesty, this entire like number would have been so much better if it was just this. <laughs> Like it's like two seconds long, and it's like oh, making memories. Like this is one of those moments you would never like in the history of that kid being a kid. That never happened again. Yeah, yeah. And you and you literally made a memory, and you caught yeah. it on film. Perfect. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it, man. I dig it. Um, next thing I, I know at one point in this, I forget which character. I think it might be uh, Pluto, but we have a character signing autographs, like one of the walk around characters signing his autograph in one of the kids' audio, like uh, autograph books. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I went to Disney, they all like every single uh, shop, they always had the autograph books. And to this day, I cannot figure out how this is, has worked because even when I was small, why would I want an autograph by a walk around character? Sure. I mean, I've always take I've heard of this concept uh, a bunch. I probably had one of those when I was a kid, but I think it, it's always kind of seemed to me where, it, like, the kid doesn't know that it's a walk around character. Like, the kid really thinks it's Mickey Mouse type of thing. That's part of the appeal. Uh, that's how I've tried to rationalize it to myself, at least. Sure, sure. But how? Like, I know that's like it's okay because Rob knows my affinity for Disney Park stuff. Like, and I know like I've read and heard stuff that like the walk, like the um the meet and greets with the characters mm-hmm. are like inf- like on like statistically speaking are infinitely more popular than the like attractions and rides. Oh, okay. And I can't figure out why. Yeah, that's surprising to me for sure. Like, I don't, I, I, I just don't get it. I guess maybe it's that social media culture we live in nowadays, mm. where like, oh. But I, I I can't imagine like if I was in high school or kind of like I can rob those like in our high school like every year they had the trip to Disney or I know sometimes it changed to like Universal Studios yeah, yeah. and it's like I like if somebody showed me like oh like even if it was on their phone forget like an actual tangible photograph and they're like oh here's my picture with like Darth Vader or Mickey Mouse or Elsa from Frozen and my first reaction would be how long did you have to wait online for that. And the answer yeah. is usually like two hours minimum. Ooh. I would have been like, so you wasted your time there then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, I remember when I was at the parks with my brother, and I know this contributes to how I think about that. But, like, when we would come out of an attraction, my brother would literally just, like, push us through the gift shop. Being like, nope. Like, it, had, it wasn't an issue of spending money. It was like, we're not wasting. Like, like every, like, it cost money to be here. Yeah. And even, though exactly. he had, and even though he had annual passes, it was the idea that, like, every minute we're not waiting online for something, we are wasting time. Sure. Yeah, you want to squeeze it all in. Absolutely. Because if you want your character, you want yourself, if you want to take a picture of yourself with a random person, you can do that anywhere for free. Yeah. Yeah. Stand in front of the TV and take a picture. It's literally the exact same thing. Yeah, that's, actually, that's a good point. I'm even thinking now, like, uh, uh, when, you know, at least me and younger and seeing that stuff in Times Square. Like, you got Spider-Man walking around Times Square, Optimus Prime walking around, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, people stop and take pictures with that. And it's like, why? <laughs> it's like, what, I know. What's the, what's the attraction there? 
I know. It's like if you want to take a picture of yourself like in the middle of Times Square, that's cool. It's a landmark. You prove that you were there. It's a memory. Taking your picture with a person wearing a costume. Like, what's the memory there? Like, some poor yeah, person's making money by just standing near you? Like, yeah. I do not I, – I, like, in all honesty, I know, like, I've told my mother – like, I've ranted to my mother about this over the years. And she's like, well, you understand when you have kids someday. And it's like, no. Like, my kids won't be that stupid. Like, Daddy, I want to stand next to – insert – uh, uh, okay. That's a really obscure – Nelson De La Rosa. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a Disney character, Rob. Not he yet. should be, but he's yeah, not not yet. I want to stand next to Loretta Modern from Pixel Perfect, <laughs> and it's like, a, we can't do that because she doesn't photograph well. And two, it's like, why? It's like, hun, yeah. I know you love Disney movies, but the magic is in like the movie. It's not in real life. Mm-hmm. Sure, like insane. Like unless, the only time I would say you should take a picture with the walk around characters is if it's some, like Johnny Depp gets drunk and he finds like the Johnny Depp costume in someone's <laughs> locker and like yeah. wanders around like the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction. Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know. Like okay. To be to be honest, will you though, sign this, Jack Sparrow? And he's like, oh, I can't see straight, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and the award for uh, best actor goes to uh, oh, I forgot the envelope. <laughs> Hi, what's happening? <laughs> no, but like in all honesty, though, not to make fun of Johnny Depp, but like he'll do that sometimes. Like I, I've heard about it. Like he'll actually like on Pirates of the Caribbean in Disneyland, he'll get in the costume and he'll like walk around the um actual like like on the ride and do the thing. And people like oh, you know, I'll, yeah, that happens. Like yeah, it's happened a couple seen, times. Like, a few videos of it, yeah, yeah. And like in a couple times, like after he's done doing that, he'll like go outside the ride and take pictures for like like a half an hour. If you can get like Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow, like, and just by sheer coincidence, you're in the parks that very same day. That's great. Like you go, like that's fantastic. That's a memory, but to take a picture of some guy, like in a getup. And you know what the weird thing is? I've heard stories that the guy who like, for like during like the early two thousands, like up until like God to this, like, this day, Disney has had to retire the Johnny Depp walk around character because so many women try to like hit on him and feel him up. Uh, I'm not making that up. That's no, a legit I, thing. Yeah, I, I would buy it. Yeah. Remember, folks, women are pigs too. <laughs> Even women can be disgusting at times. And we're canceled. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like making memories, getting back to that. Uh, there's some weird things about this again, like the autograph book is stupid, but I've always seen this more as the voyeurism song because it's like it's yeah. so it there's so much just photographing people without them noticing it at first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like there's two things I want to add to the restaurant. One, I don't think Rob's ever known this, and most people don't. At one point, there was like a quasi petting zoo at Disneyland, okay. it was like it was like the goat, it was like the, the goat farm. Which was there until just recently. They shut it down and demolished it for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Ah, sure. And then the second thing, I think we should have like a quasi-petting zoo at the Cinematis restaurant. I'm not sure, Rob. I don't know. We don't think we ever explored having animals in the restaurant in any sort of official capacity. For, for some reason, I remember when we discussed Freaked, of course, we had to discuss the heavy petting zoo. Oh, yeah. And then I think there was some other animal-related thing. 
and I was like, don't we have a heavy petting zoo? So yeah, I, I don't recall either. <laughs> but yeah, we have to explore that a little bit more now. Maybe maybe yeah, we'll make a yeah. note make a note in the spreadsheet, Rob. We'll have to talk about the petting zoo a little bit more if we want to do that for the uh year two like wrap up. Sure, sure. Okay. What and animals then, do we want? Indeterminate as of now. <laughs> indeterminate as of now. And then the last thing is at one point during the voyeurism, we have Pluto doing caricatures. And I don't yeah. think we've talked about this. What about we have caricatures in the restaurant? Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. I know we've talked about like our costumes for Robin Zach walk around characters would be caricatures of us, but yeah, sure. like something where you know we can actually get people to sit down and have a caricature painted of them. Okay, yeah, maybe sure. um they're always like outrageously offensive caricatures. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> something, being, something like that. If someone's if someone's not offended, the caricaturist is not doing their job. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Kind of like the episode of The Simpsons where the, the caricaturist does like the thing of Lisa and she gets mad because she's like a big head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but I have nothing else to say about making memories after that. No, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm ready to move on to... Uh, the greatest segment, in Rob's opinion, the entire uh, video. Uh, dumb bitch, Danielle. <laughs> dumb Danielle. bitch. Snap out of it, Danielle. What are you doing? You're just standing there. Go into the fucking ride. Why are you thinking about the ride? Just go into the ride. Like, what's wrong with you? You're like not online yet. I like to imagine, like, while they're standing there in front of, like, the entrance, like, people are like, what the hell are these stupid kids doing? Like, like move. And they're, and they're you, still like. lost, little girl? <laughs> no, it's kind of like that. There's an episode of Family Guy where it's, like, Brian and Stewie go back in time. They, like, they watch the characters pause during, like, the cutaway jokes. Oh, like, yeah. like, like, what are they doing? It's like, oh, this is back during cutaway gags where we just stand still. Wait, what are they doing? I don't know. They're just standing there like zombies. Do you think they're all right? I, I'm, I'm not sure. And then there was that time at the ice cream store. They're doing it again. What the hell? I, I, I'm at a loss. I mean, I, I know we're not supposed to mess with the timeline, but should we call an ambulance? That is so creepy. And remember you had an Irish coffee the day we went to see Philadelphia? Oh, they're, they're, do, they're setting up cutaways oh my god is that what we did back then yeah i mean now we just like return text messages and screw around and whatnot yeah. i can imagine it's that and you see someone behind these kids that like they're frozen perfectly still and someone's like what the hell are these kids doing move much like what <laughs> rob is doing it's like oh like fine it's like oh and you walk around them and you hear the person go fucking kids on meth these days <laughs> having a hallucination in the middle of the street <laughs> Even Disneyland's not safe anymore. Um, yeah, but like, and the weird thing about this though that I thought was like interesting was that like outside of the very end where the kid like in the red shirt talks to Danielle, everything like the kids don't move their mouths at all. It's all dubbed. Oh yeah, it's it's very strange. But they're supposed to be talking to each other, yet we never yep. see them like physically talk. Yeah, maybe they're having telepathic communications. That's, that's what we're seeing. That, that's the only logical thing to pull from this. <laughs> <laughs> They're having. What else do you call a conversation between two people where their mouths don't move? Yeah, yeah. Other absolutely. than like telepathic conversations. So, uh, <laughs> bravo to Danielle and the kid in red shirt because clearly they got they got a gift. <laughs> oh my god, Danielle, fucking Danielle. <laughs> um, but like, okay, the last thing I kind of this is more about like Disney as a whole. 
Uh, in this segment, we have a bunch of like we see like the haunted mansion is night when mm-hmm. uh, Danielle's hallucinating what could possibly happen, and we see a bunch of the Disney villains like gallivanting and dancing around. We see Captain Hook. We see the uh, big bad wolf from the Three Little Pigs short. We see Maleficent. We have uh, the evil witch from Snow yep. White and the Seven Dwarfs. In, and most importantly, we have Donald Duck in a ghost costume. With yeah, his, I love. With his, with his, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love that. Yeah, I was I'm like, oh my god, damn it, Disney, sell me that plush for like thirty nine ninety nine. I'll buy it. <laughs> and we see his tail sticking out of it too. Uh, but no, like one of the biggest things I've heard about this, like from my Disney, like just like knowledge, is that like the Disney villains are some of the most popular things. Oh, yeah. and I've wondered why hasn't Disney tried to do like a quasi Ready Player One, but with the Disney villains. It's called like, uh, the it's called the original Kingdom Hearts storyline. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, all the all the Disney villains like team up to get control over the different worlds, and Sora has to go around and and you know un- of course there's a bigger plot going on of the non Disney villain, but yeah, there's like multiple shots at the beginning of this game or multiple cutscenes I should say at the beginning of the first Kingdom Hearts where you got like Hook, Ursula, Oogie Boogie, Jafar, like all the villains of the in, of the worlds in that game, and they're like around a table and they're plotting with each other. That little squirt put down that heartless. Who'd have thought it? Such is the power of the Keyblade. The child's strength is not his own. Why don't we turn him into a heartless? <laughs> That'll settle things quick enough. And the brat's friends are the king's lackeys. Swung on the ice, they're all built rats by the look of them. You're no prize yourself. <laughs> Shut up! Enough! The Keyblade has chosen him. Will it be he who conquers the darkness? Or will the darkness swallow him? Either way, he could be quite useful. It's great. I, that's why I loved the first Kingdom Hearts game when I was little, and I wasn't even that into Disney. But I loved that aspect. It was a big mashup, a Ready Player One, like you said. Why? But why won't they? Like again, this is a company that's creatively bankrupt. Like they, they've run, they've a, they really have. They've run out of ideas. Sure. Why not do that then? And that's oh, like at least yeah. something. Like you're taking these all these like odds and ends that you already have, and just repurposing them. Like that's yeah, so I, weird. it would sell for sure, especially doing with the um the more modern Disney villains, like getting all them to team up type of thing. People would eat that up. Exactly. I think of all like like okay, what's what's a really modern Disney villain that nobody's ever heard of? Um, it's the one from Tangled. Yeah, that one. No, Tangled. Yeah, exactly. People, exactly. Neither people, of us know who it is. <laughs> yeah, the Tangled people like Tangled though. That's the problem. Like people sure. would know who that is. The, the villain bad, from Frozen. The bad robot from Big Hero Six. <laughs> this. There's a bad robot in Big Hero 6. I think that's the, yeah, I think that's the villain, yeah. There's like a bad Baymax, right? Maybe? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, you know what? That could be a complete fabrication, but I have nothing else. I can, I can say anything else, but sure. Um, <laughs> and the last thing I want to say about this is that uh, we get, like I said earlier, we have Maleficent. And yeah. the actress that portrays Maleficent looks better and performs the character better in roughly... 15 seconds than Angelina Jolie has done in roughly uh, three hours plus of her two <laughs> movies combined. That's good. I haven't seen the uh, Angelina Jolie ones, but that's, uh, that does not uh, surprise me you saying that. <laughs> Disney's sing-along songs, Disneyland Fun, does a better, has a better representation of Maleficent than the uh, combined budget of $400 million of the two films. 
Right on. Right on. Maleficent is also uh, the only Disney villain to appear in all of the Kingdom Hearts games. Nobody knows. Like, she's just lost in the sauce with the story. It's funny. <laughs> Her and Pete run yeah. around and they have no idea what's going on. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, okay, when it comes to the, the restaurants, Cinemati's restaurants, the two things I want to have, I want to have Ghost Donald Duck. Oh, of course. 100%. Yes. And then two, I think we, at one point in this, we have a bunch of trees, like dead trees dancing around. Yep. Oh, yeah, that is some cool visuals. I want that. I want, I want dead trees dancing around the Cinemati's restaurant. Perfect. I think with how much, uh, natural resources will be seeping out of the surrounding land that the restaurant sits on. <laughs> We will have no shortage of dead trees to, to use for our purposes. Excuse me. We'll have no shortage of dead dancing trees. Exactly. They're, they're trees, and then the uh, radioactivity that the restaurant gives off kills them and makes them dance. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. All right, Rob, do you have anything else to say about Grim Grinning Ghost? No, no. And I honestly, I, I, that, was my, that song was the, uh, the end of my, my notes proper, I should say. I started to think, because we only have like, what, like six minutes or something left yeah. in the video. And so I started, you know, thinking about um, Cinemali's late night snacks and stuff. And especially because the next song I did not enjoy, the character parade. Yeah. yeah like, just, like this was this super duper, like full on infomercial stuff to me. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, it lacks a lot. This it, this thing kind of lacks substance to begin with, and this is where it just completely it's 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 vacuous. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but no, there's only thing I want. There's two things I want to bring about the parade. First, uh, I think it's really funny that you watch this, and then this was filmed sometime in like eighty nine, ninety, and you look at the characters, and there's not one character that's even other than uh, Roger Rabbit, and I think maybe I don't even think Chip and Dale are in this. Um, there's not a single contemporary character in this. Oh, like in the sense, like I don't mean contemporary as in like because they're really think about it like in the eighties, outside the Little Mermaid, which was just like barely like off the presses at that point, mm -hmm. there was nothing like the most like recent like popular film Disney had in that parade was like Alice in Wonderland because we see like what the yeah. uh, the worm, yeah the the caterpillar I think yeah the caterpillar, and uh, yeah and that's just kind of like wow and then at one point like I saw a bunch of like. I saw like a giant pink hippo dancing. I'm like, what the hell is a pink hippo from? And then I saw the ostriches and I went, ah, Fantasia. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God, there was a point where they had walk around Fantasia characters and even better, they had a Fantasia float. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I would love to see, I would love to, you know, hopefully go back in time and see a, like a Chernabog float or something. That's the night on the bald mountain, like thing in the yeah. with the oh, lava. Rob, oh, yeah, Rob. I love that stuff. You have to say that. Maybe like our audience didn't know. <laughs> they know it too, Rob. <laughs> stop like they stop have. They all had homework to do. Stop flexing the one bit of Disney info you have, Rob. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up. Oh <laughs> uh, boy, but yeah, it's yeah. It was the, I saw that. And I'm like God, like God, it was a different time. Now you go see a Disney parade, and all this is like it's Frozen and Pixar. It's like oh, it's yeah. Nemo. Buzz Lightyear, Nemo again, Dory, Woody. And it's like, that's the parade. It's like, but doesn't Disney have like, like thousands of characters? It's Marlin from Finding Nemo instead. <laughs> but, but, but it just looks like Nemo. Don't question it. Swipe your credit card to help Marlin yeah. and Nemo find Dory. <laughs> Every Disney film's plot can be boiled down to swipe your credit card to help advance the plot. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I just got to the hippo and the ostriches. That's great. 
It, it is. Um, I really don't have anything else to say about this. The only thing when it comes to the restaurant, I have a, I have a, I have a, a question that says parade question mark. And then next to it, I have the word yes with an exclamation mark. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, if we got a, if we have a slew of walk around characters and outfits, yeah, we got to show them off. You know, I think this sounds familiar. Like maybe, I don't think we've talked about it explicitly, but like maybe, uh, you know, it's come up that at conventions that I've been to, you know, they'll have all the, all the cosplayers line up and kind of walk around the convention. Everybody can check them out type of thing. We do something uh, like that for our restaurant. You know, we get all of our, our creatures or creatures are <laughs> slaves to, uh, to walk around and, and be shown off to the, to the customers. It, that could work. Yes. We also have floats. We're going to be building floats. Are the, Oh, okay. I want to do this in a place, in a part of the restaurant where it wouldn't fit. So like the floats are like <laughs> bumping into people's tables as they're eating at them. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like a real Disney parade where it barely fits. And yeah. the people have to, like, you have to have thousands of people like scrunched into like a, like a very narrow piece of sidewalk that was never designed for that it, many people to be Yes. Yeah. It would make any fire marshal sweat bullets. <laughs> exactly. Way, I, way beyond capacity. <laughs> I remember when, like, in my, I had to be. In like two, again, early 2000s, with, or maybe it was when I went back to Disney a couple of times since moving up here, because my father always liked the parade, and my brother was like, A, we're not, it's like, you choose one, parade or fireworks, oh, okay. and B, we're not doing the parade. We're not waiting online three hours to watch the parade, because like people yeah. start waiting online, unless you get a front row, you ain't seeing the parade, and it's like we're not waiting online like three hours in advance. Definitely, yeah, it makes sense. It's like sorry, it's like it, it, the parade's neat and all, but it ain't worth it. Sure. And then the last bit we have is uh, the the final number when you wish upon a star. And I should say, I absolutely this is probably one of my favorite like Zippity Doodah. I appre I've always appreciated from like this video. If it weren't like this was my first introduction to that, but I love when you wish upon a star like even beyond the guise of Disneyland fun. It's one of my favorite Disney songs. I think it's it's it shows like it's one of those songs that really is timeless. It real you can apply it to pretty much any Disney story. And it yep. works. It's the idea. Like if you listen to the lyrics, both like from Pinocchio and how they're reiterated here on screen, it's truly a song that kind of captures the like the magical essence of what Disney has always stood for. Both as like the man Walt Disney and just the idea of the company and how much it's advanced over the years. Mm -hmm. And like and I do like I as I like the like three times I watch this today and every time I've watched it prior, I always get like the tingle in the back of my head, like in my neck, and like in the endorphins. And it is, I think it's a spectacular song. And yet, like, I'm watching this and I'm like, Disney produces so much crap these days. And we've and we've talked about a lot of it on here, whether it be like uh, Sophia the First, mm -hmm. Avengers Endgame, Pixel Perfect. Like they've produced so much content that's musical and yeah. so much of it. And, and Rob knows I don't particularly like to like swear on this podcast or in life in general, but so much of what they produce, and I'm not even, and I'm talking about the stuff they call important, whether it be like Mary Poppins Returns music or the new <laughs> Frozen or Moana or any of the stuff, but like it's all shit. Like I know they love sucking off Lin Manuel Miranda. I know sure. they love doing that, but like his entire career combined does not even compare to the weight when you wish upon a star does. 
I, uh, I, I would think I have to agree on both points. The last one you made definitely that, you know, they have the, the quality has dropped and uh, maybe not immensely, but notably, I think I would say, I also have to agree with you. This is a great song. When you wish upon a star is a timeless song. I, it, it gets stuck in my head every now and then. And you're right. It is kind of the Disney song, but I think it's so well done and such a, a crisp finished product that, like you said, it does extend beyond the realm of Disney, and it just it works as a song in its own right. It's great. Yeah, that's really kind of what it comes down to because it's just like you look at so many of their recent movies, and I would be looking at Disney's movies if Box Office Mojo actually worked anymore. I used to be able to easily access all this sort of stuff. <laughs> now I click. I used to be able to click the studio and give me all their releases for the last like. 30 years i click that now and it tells me um become an imdb pro member today so uh there goes that resource but mm-hmm. like you look at like just things off the top of my head like in moana um what i don't know was- any songs from moana but i know like I, i've i've seen people like people that i i uh, work on music with or know mu- through music i'll see like a video of them playing something on a ukulele and i'm like oh this is really good like what like did you write that and they're like no it's from moana and i'm like oh <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I have no knowledge of, of, you know, Disney songs from this era. And even when I do get knowledge of them, they, they're in one, out, in one ear, out the other. They're very recyclable, I would say. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Like, you look at Frozen 2. Like, there's, like, and I know a lot of people, even like the original Frozen, I know a lot of people like Let It Go. Yes. But, like, that was a pop song. That was yep. not a a musical number. That was a that was designed as a top forty song. That also kind of uh, had some social push behind it too, as to what people were going to try to infer what it meant. Yeah. But like, you look at some of the movies, like even okay, I'm thinking of other ones. So like the last, like I'm thinking of some other music movies they've done. Um, like oh god, uh, again, like you said, Tangled. There's no really good song. There's no song. It's not an issue of good. Good is really. Oh God! Obje- I'm sorry. Subjective, but it's the songs idea. Entangled. Oh yeah, I didn't even oh, know yeah. that. <laughs> but but all these like most of these movies have songs, and most of them are like they're not bad. They're fine. But the problem is that none of this stuff has staying power to it. Exactly. Like, like the last Disney song that I would say genuinely has any um, uh, song that was composed for a movie is probably Circle of Life. Oh, that's a good point. I was going to say that has oh, any I don't weight know. to it. I was going to say you got a friend in me, but I don't know how. That was that was random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. But like, you got a friend in me is good, but it doesn't have like weight to it. Like okay, it's sure. good in the it's good in the context of Toy Story, like, and that's why I mean most of these songs work in the context of the film they're in. Like, let it go when Elsa is running away after like finally like. Letting her powers go, and she's finally like she's embracing them. It's mm-hmm. good in the context of the movie, but it has no staying power outside the film. Okay, yeah, yeah. Where when you wish upon a star, you can listen to that outside the context of Pinocchio, which is when which is how most people do, and like people will get goosebumps from it. And the same thing with Circle of Life. It's the sir again. You have that sort of just wow, that swelling. There's so much mm-hmm. you can feel the creative tour de force there. It cannot be contained within the film. Yet you look at a movie like, uh, okay, what's a good one? Uh, the Princess and the Frog. Oh, forgot about that one. <laughs> exactly. You, there's, there's no weight to any of that. And, I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to take away any of 
the artist that, or the people that worked on it. They're probably very good people. They're very, very talented, mm-hmm. but it has no weight. And then, like, as time's gone on, the songs have become more and more just vanilla. Again, they're so busy sucking off Lin Manuel Miranda. It's like, no. It's like the man has, again, he, he had one good Broadway show. And that's uh, it. allegedly good. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like, none of this stuff has any anything to it. Like, even Tarzan. Like, some of the, again, um, some of the songs in that, like, uh, oh, I don't know. I, I, I know some of the songs that Phil Collins did. Oh, but yeah. it's Phil Collins. What about like, that, too? Yeah. What's it? A Friend Like Me? Is that one of the songs? Maybe. maybe? Strangers <laughs> Like Me. Strangers Like ah, Me. Okay, okay. Strangers, and you'll right. be, yeah, and you'll be in my heart. Like, may, maybe in two worlds. You'll be in my heart. Maybe is the last one that resonates. Cause I see, I've seen that at like a lot of weddings. You'll oh, be in my, that I get. Cause you could play that outside the context of the film and it works. But like, Hunchback of Notre Dame. No. Mulan. Like, I'm gonna make, I, there's some song in Mulan, like, I'm gonna make a man out of you or something. And it's like, that doesn't work outside the context of the movie. Yeah, def- definitely not. Definitely not. And that's why I mean, though, is it like, and that's kind of my, like, at the end of this video, it really made me think, like, and that's kind of like bringing this full circle to why I said earlier on is that Disney, for a company that trades almost exclusively in nostalgia now, nostalgia has no soul. Mm hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's 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 more like it's it's Disney now is becoming less like oh my memories of the company, and more of I'm looking at somebody else's somebody else's like photograph book or photo albums. Yeah, it's like it's, so it's strange. Like, it's like I recognize all these things, but there's no point to them anymore. Like I I, I it's one I remember back when we were in high school, and a lot I don't think Rob. Again, Rob knew I liked Disney back in high school. But, like, I remember there was a girl I sat next to. And she's like, oh, are you going on the Disney trip? And I'm like, no. And she's like, I, like you're a huge Disney fan. Why aren't you going? Because, A, I will literally just sit there and just point to all the things that used to be in these certain locations <laughs> and say, nope, nope. And the second thing, too, is I'll most likely try to break in somewhere and just take – much like what a bunch of people did later. Again, folks, I've never done this before. I don't condone it. But I would sit there like try to go somewhere where I'm not supposed to and sure. take pictures. Like that – it used to be like the temptation would be – like I'm unchaperoned. Nobody's around. The temptation would be too great. I would never do it, and that's why I didn't go. But it's like the temptation. That's what eventually happened a lot. The stupid buzzy figure. That's what happened. People kept sneaking in because Disney wasn't guarding it properly or securing the location. And it became like a security risk. And that was a thing. It's like, and that's why I have no, it's even like, again, maybe I'm just so set in my ways. It could be that. But looking at a lot of the Disney stuff, like my mother even offered to me a couple of years ago. She's like, I like, if you want, like, I'll give you some money to go to Florida and like go to Disney. And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, why not? Because everything I love about Disney has gone. Like everything Mm. that was unique about it doesn't exist there anymore. They have homogenized and sanitized the soul of the company out of, out of, out of the property. Like I I know me again, it depends. Rob and I are talking about doing a bunch of things like one week of month. I'm sorry. Month's over December (laughs) plus is still up in the air, but like all the attractions that I love are gone. Like there's extraterrestrial alien encounter. Like I, I, I can still remember seeing that I only saw it once, but I remember it so vividly because it's just how strange and weird it was. Um, I always wanted to see captain EO. They did bring that back after Michael Jackson died and I okay. missed out on it. Cause I didn't get, I didn't get back there in time. 
it's like I, w- I remember my father my father raved about that was always like he always talked about captain eo like it was like the most mind-blowing thing to him and a lot of the things i love like i always wanted to ride twenty thousand leagues that's gone uh like everything like carousel progress i'd love to see that like i, like I said i love that sure. but like it's so ill-maintained now like half the things don't work like there's i guess it's what it is, is that you're seeing like originally it was ge's carousel progress and like you had all these different like effects and because it's not considered a priority, they don't keep half the, like, the effects running. So like you're, you're watching, like it's much like almost a real world, re- eh, real world representation of the Vox Lux experience at the Cinematis restaurant. Like you're supposed to have all these effects. Like there's an iron that's supposed to have steam coming out of it. You have an oven where there's supposed to be like a smell effect of like a turkey dinner. Um, sure. You're supposed to have all these things. And guess what? Once the effects run out, they don't pump any money into it because it's not mm-hmm. considered a priority. So it's like, why am I going to spend like $120 just to get into the park? Like at least $60 on food. And then like hotel accommodations, travel, like, why am I going to spend close to a thousand dollars to a go somewhere where everything I love is gone. And the few things that I do want to see again are so poorly maintained and just mis mismanaged. Why am I going to do that? Why am I going to support this thing? Mm-hmm. And then when I do give them money, all they're going to do is give me another goddamn Avengers nonsense thing. Exactly. Yep. I, I agree completely. Like that's the kind of shame that like it's funny in the um I was thinking about this a lot when we were talking about Stanley Kubrick in the uh like Life and Pictures documentary I reference mm-hmm. but his his widow Christiana's being interviewed about how um cuz uh, Kubrick was born and raised in I think Brooklyn Brooklyn or the Bronx and he, again he moved to England for the last god like decades of his life mm-hmm. and she says at one point in the interview she's like like why like and she says he was always homesick for for New York, except he realized that the place he was homesick for didn't exist anymore. Yep, yep, yeah. And that's and that's kind of how I feel, like not just about Disney, but kind of like my memories of Florida. It's kind of like the reality of I'd love to go back, but it, that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, in more absolutely. ways than one. And that's kind of how I feel about Disney. I love, and I think that's why things like defunct land and all those things that like Rob and I are kind of always scratching our head, figuring out why are these things so popular? But at the same time though, like I get why the nostalgia is popular, but the people who watch those videos over and over and over again are the same ones that drop $2,000 a year on annual pass. Yeah, that that makes sense. Absolutely. No, I, I, I totally agree with what you're saying about the whole like, the things that people are nostalgic for don't exist anymore or exist in the way that they want them to. And so then they just get angry about it because it's not what they want. It's not made I, for them. Well, listen, I don't even say they get mad things. That's the weird thing. Nobody. Yes, there is a subset of the Disney theme park community who's mad about the fact that like everything now is a very specific. Like, everything has to be tied into like intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a problem with that because that was Walt's thing. Like Walt, Walt's whole thing was the the theme park is going to enhance the films. So like when P, it's like when uh, Disneyland first opened in the fifties, there was a twenty thousand leagues under the sea exhibit. Like they had all the sets, all the props, and the, the thought was, oh, people will go. People who haven't seen the film will go to Disneyland, see the props, and say, oh, I want to see that movie now. Sure. I get that. Like again, it's supposed to be a um, oh god, uh, a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. The movies enhance the park. The park enhances the movies. Except it's not like that anymore. Like you don't get 
a theme park attraction unless your film clears a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. Because back in the day, it was like they would like sometimes they would roll the dice on these things, and you would get an experience or something kind of outside the norm, and it would become popular, and it, be, it would really help kind of boost the popularity of this thing. You'd be like, oh, like people might not have seen X movie in theaters, but they'll see it. At, they'll see it like reference at the theme park Then go home and rent it from Blockbuster yeah, Or buy yeah, the yeah. videotape or the DVD And no Now if something doesn't make Doesn't reach its threshold opening weekend It gets buried mm-hmm, Exactly and that's, and that's why I keep trying to warn people Like when it comes to Star Wars It's like all these people are cheering That It's like yeah we're showing Disney When Solo bombs They're going to make the stuff we want now And it's like <laughs> no folks When things bomb Disney walks away from them If it doesn't make them money They don't pour more money into it Disney ain't pouring money into a Terminator 7 After Terminator Dark Fate bomb, um, mm-hmm. bombs They ain't making those sort of decisions And that's, that's what happens Like look at Tron like Tron, we get a sequel to Tron like almost 30 years later. It it makes money, but it just doesn't make as much money as Disney expected it to. Yeah. It, guess what? It dies. Yep. Yep. And that's why I tell people it's like if like that's the sad thing with Disney. Like you love all these Disney characters, but guess what? Disney doesn't love them back. Yeah. You know, you make great points. It's like the stuff that gets buried, you know, it's there's no point in in uh or the stuff doesn't do well uh success financially. Not a big success in Disney's eyes. It gets thrown off to other things. They're not going to spend all that money on making part of their theme park about it. They can easily ship it off to, you know, like like we've been saying with Kingdom Hearts. It's just, oh, hey, this didn't do well, so yeah, put it in a video game. That'll make people look at it. And it's just like, yeah, they, they always know where to find a place for it, but that's what it is. It's just, oh, you're not working here. We're going to move you around. And they just see them as pieces on the chessboard. They don't care about any of it. They're like chess players. You can sacrifice a few pawns for that Avengers Endgame of, or a king of an Avengers Endgame to make all that money. That's how they look at it. That's how they're always yep. going to look at it. Yep. And that's, and that's why all, you have all these weird, like, sycophants that defend, like, the Avengers thing. It's like Disney loves these characters. And it's like, folks, the first time one of these movies doesn't make money, they're going to pull the plug. They're not mm-hmm. going to dump money in something that doesn't work. They're, they're, and that's the thing is that, I, I, think I've, I think I've said it before on the podcast, but it bears repeating, is that, Fantasia comes out in 1941 The most expensive thing the Walt Disney Company Had ever produced before Because of the war, utterly tanks Utterly mm. tanks, like one of those ones where like Walt and Roy sweated bullets for like A year plus being like, is this what does us, does us in And then In 1961, 20 years later Walt is sitting in a meeting <laughs> And the secretary comes in Hands him a piece of paper, and he starts laughing Everybody goes, Walt, what are you laughing at And he goes, how about that Fantasia's finally in the black <laughs> And that's what it was Was that just because these things don't make Money for you Doesn't mean they have to be abandoned immediately Like yeah. the same thing happened with Hocus Pocus With, with Bette Midler That came out and it bombed mm-hmm. Absolutely bombed and guess what That's one of the most po- As Rob and I have talked numerous times That's one of the biggest like Annual like, like festive films For Halloween now is Hocus Pocus and that's what the shame of this is, is that they're so short-sighted. It's everything's immediate gains. And, like, I, I just don't get it. I just, I get it. Like, money is finite. There's only so much of it. Like, but they have so much. They're flushed with cash. They can mm-hmm. take a little yep. extra dollars and pump money into something that doesn't work and be like, okay, we're going to try to give this a second life somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. 
And that's where I go back to. Be so easy. <laughs> but this goes back to, okay, and going back retroactive to Waking Sleeping Beauty. There's a moment in that that we didn't discuss when Rescuers Down Under bombed and Jeffrey Katzenberg called the director the, oh, mor- yeah. the Monday morning and said, we're, we're pulling it. And the guy said, what do you mean we're pulling it? No more advertising. He's like, yeah. but Jeffrey, it's the, he's like, but Jeffrey, it's the first weekend. I don't care. It's a dud. And the guy broke and the guy says in the interview, I broke down, cried. And that's why I mean Rob says, why are we watching this? This Waking Sleeping Beauty is the ultimate context episode of Cinemodities. That's where it started, where it didn't make money for us opening weekend. We kill it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are. And, and now and look what happened to Han, the, this Han Solo movie. Think about that. The rescuers down under came out what in 2000, no, 1988 and or whenever it was, or 86. And 30 years later, they're making the exact same decisions. Nothing has changed. Yeah. That and that's why I keep telling people is that like Rob's like, why like, this is like Rob's like, it's a very informational documentary, but it's dry. But no, if you want to understand how this goddamn company operates, yep. they're not doing anything new. They're doing the same things they've always done. And that should scare everybody who loves these characters. If you have an action figure or a toy or a plushie or a poster or an autograph book of any of these characters and you care about them. They're in, it's like I always said with Disney, oh, Disney, Disney tariff, like after the first initial five minutes of like, oh my God, Disney bought Star Wars, we're getting episode seven. Then the reality set in of, oh no, Disney now owns Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Is, and again, Disney will kill these properties. It's in their nature. They suck. You know, not kill them in the sense of like take them out, take, eh, take them out back and shoot them in the head. But it's they suck the life out of them. Very, yeah. uh, very Doctor Sleep, woman the hat, and they move on. Isn't there a isn't there a political cartoon of like there's a cow that's emaciated, like really skinny and sickly looking, and then like Mickey Mouse is walking towards it with like four buckets to fill up with milk. <laughs> and I, I feel like I've seen that somewhere. Probably. Yeah, and and but that's exactly what what you're describing is you know they will bleed this dry, squeeze every penny out of it that they can. And that's all they want. They don't, like we said, they don't care about the characters. They just want to make money. They're company. But the companies about, do. That doesn't bother me. The thing about though, this is the part that has changed in recent years, is that, like, I think I made the analogy, I forget when it was, but it was the idea that, like, Avengers, the Avengers in 2012 makes $1.4 billion, mm-hmm. infinitely more than they ever expected. Considering that, like, the highest grossing Marvel film up until that point was, like, and by Marvel, I mean, like, MCU, not Spider-Man. sure. Was, like, Iron Man, like, 2 at, like, $660 million. So when that movie, The Avengers, made so much more beyond the projections, they greenlight things like Tomorrowland. Yeah. They they greenlight question marks, wild cards, figuring, oh— we can throw some things at the wall and see if it'll stick because once Avengers burns out, we'll have a new cash cow. And that's what happens. It's the circle of life, pardon yep. the Disney pun. And But now they don't do that. So when Avengers uh, Endgame makes $2.8 billion, okay, we're going to make a She-Hulk Disney Plus series and a Moonlight, a Moonlight Disney Plus series. And it's like, no. That's not a risk. That's no, that's not that's the same thing. Cause when yeah. when Avengers six dies, the box office, Moon Knight's gonna die, and She Hulk is gonna die. None of these mm-hmm. things are gonna save the company. And that's the problem, is that everything again, like Disney animation never makes sequels. Yet this week we're getting last well, actually, yeah, this weekend we're getting frozen too. We're breaking a cardinal rule. 
Yeah, yeah. Just so we can get, just so we can sit there. You know what? It's another billion dollars in the coffer. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, and it, it's kind of like it's it's said to us, or when I say us, the the world, like the outward um, kind of notion of of Disney and uh, movie studios in general. I think that with this trend is you know, oh, we're diversifying. You know, with Marvel especially, it's like look at all these characters. But it, like you just said, it's not really diversifying. It's just doing the same thing with slightly different properties. Yes, and it's, it's kind of like come down like a house of cards if it if it does when it does. Well, that's the th- and that's the weird phenomenon that's happening. But but the weird thing is like it's kind of waiting for the oh god the proverbial rug be pulled out from underneath them mm-hmm. because for years now people like Spielberg, Lucas, and more recently Coppola and uh, Scorsese have been saying like this stuff is all crap. It's going to collapse on itself eventually, and. I remember back in the summer of 2009, I was listening to Rush Limbaugh, and he had, and this is again, I, I like Rush Limbaugh. I know a lot of people don't, but whether you like him or not, on an ideological level, you can't ignore the fact that he has a, pro- a profound sense of what or what's going to go on in the future. I remember in 2009 when Transformers 2: Revenge of the Fallen was coming out, he had a very unique, okay, um, observation. Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen was the highest gross, well, up until Avatar was the highest grossing film of the year, yet it was also the worst reviewed film of the year. Yeah, yeah. And yet you and yet you look at that and figure everyone goes, "Oh yeah, but that's Michael Bay garbage." Sure. Well, fine, I'm not going to argue that. But look at this year. The Lion King 2019 comes out, makes 1.6 billion dollars. Yet there's not a single person on the face of this earth that will tell you it's it's, it's their favorite film. Yeah, yeah. Not a single person will tell you that it's, be- it's, it's better than the, than the original. How does that happen? Where a film makes so much money yet nobody likes it. I, I don't know. It just, that just seems like the, where our culture has gone. That people throw money at things that they hate and love equally. You know, They, they, throw, thing, they throw their money at things they recognize whether they like it or not. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And maybe that's Disney's business model going forward, that even if you don't like what we're making, you're going to pay anyway because you recognize it. It's familiar. It's safe, you know? Yep. It's Nobody, yeah, it's it, it's like it's the same damn thing that always bother, bothers me with people in their music. And I have had multiple people say the words to me, I don't listen to new music because I want to listen to the songs I already know I like. And I have nothing, if you want to do that, if you want to listen to one song on repeat your whole life, that's fine. But don't don't like be proud of that. You're cutting yourself off to new experiences and new things. Like you should not be happy about that. If you want to say it makes me feel safe and comfortable, fine, live your life. But don't you know? You have to realize what you're doing, and I, that's what I think people don't realize. They're just like, yeah, you know, it's good, it's good. It's no, you've seen this movie a thousand times. They change the title and change the color palette. Why are you paying for it again? Because it's comfortable. Because it's familiar. It's 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 weird. It's a very strange dynamic. But that's what people like. All right, folks, look forward to Cinemati's review of the Black Widow movie coming May 2020. <laughs> oh, God. I don't, I don't know if I could ever do anything comic book related again, unless it's no, The Crow. No. We'll do The Crow. <laughs> no, no more, com- God, no more comic book movies. No more comic. I'm trying to think, like, all the comic book movies coming out, I, I, I genuinely cannot think of a single comic book movie from any, I'm not just talking about Marvel, but from anybody that I want to genuinely see. Oh yeah, nothing. Nothing or, comes to or mind. Even, I'd or, rather just see the comic or read the comic. Or even as like a morbid curiosity. Like let's say somebody said, like, oh, like, how would you like to see like can Rob remembers back in the day, I used to have like an encyclopedic knowledge of everything that was coming out. 
Remember that? Like during the summer, like what was that one summer you came back? What was it like, oh God, we saw oh, the Elysium summer, the, uh, the 2013 oh, summer. Okay. Sure. I remember like talking to you and your dad and I had like an encyclopedic knowledge of like everything that was happening, like in Marvel and DC. And nowadays I couldn't even, I couldn't even give yeah. you a fraction of that. Cause you it's just like, you, yeah, it's, uh, I, don't I remember, care. I think, I think we're talking about the same time frame, but I remember there was one time we were either going into the movie theater or we were leaving the movie theater and you were giving me the whole spiel about how they were going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy movie and you're telling me about Rocket Raccoon and Groot and, you know, the Tree Man, all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, when's it coming out? And you're like, I don't know, like four years from now. And I'm like, oh, well, remind me in four years then. <laughs> That's what I mean. I was like, I used to be so on top of all this stuff and it's just, they burned me out. Like, it's just, I don't care anymore. Like, yep. and I don't think Rob was really privy to this. But, like, in 2010, like, when Iron Man 2 came out, and, like, when I was finally getting the first taste, I'm like, oh, crap, like, this Avengers thing's finally happening. You could not have met a, someone that was more on the hype train for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, when Captain America, the first Avenger, came out, like, that, to this day, I still think that's, like, my favorite comic book movie of all time. But, like, I was so beyond hype for that. You couldn't have find a better, like... Oh God, someone that would sit there and like evangelize about Marvel and Disney and what they were doing. Like, I remember telling, I remember like explaining to like cousin or friend after Captain America, the first Avenger being like, they're like, what were they advertising at the end? I'm like, it's the Avengers. It's the greatest thing. That's good. Like nothing has ever been done like this in before in film where you have like five movies set up for this crossover. I'm like, this is like, it's groundbreaking. Like you have all these like different like personalities and tones from different movies collide. And then like fast forward, like, eight years later and it's the highest grossing film of all time. It literally means nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It yep. means nothing because it's, it's ubiquitous and it's been homogenized and it's like, there you go. And the problem is that we don't even have like the slightly new stuff anymore to later be homogenized. We just have the homogenization. Yeah. And it's a bummer. It's a big bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Movies are horrible. I need, I guess it's been, what did I say? It was a bad week for movies and then it was a bad month for movies. It's a, it's been a bad few years for movies <laughs> you know the sad thing is i don't even blame disney i blame studio, uh, yeah i blame everybody second. else i blame everybody else for following their example mm-hmm. that's the thing mm-hmm. like that's why it's like i don't want disney to fail at like some misguided like sense of vengeance or vindictiveness or malevolence i want them to fail so everybody realizes that they're not infallible sure like yeah. I, like I, it's kind of like it's the it's the oh god the cup of cold water to the face Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like that's what that's what everybody needs, not just the studios, but like audiences. They have to learn these movies. They're they're not bad. They're just fine. Like as much as I hate Doctor Sleep, at least I felt something. I felt utter hatred, but I <laughs> felt something. There was some sense of catharsis. Yes. <laughs> well, not even that though. But like I I, I felt alive. It's kind of like oh I love it from uh, I don't really love it, but it's kind of the most broad examples like i think it's an episode of south park where a butters falls in love with one of like the hooters girls and she breaks up with him and he's like crying he's talking oh, to stan about it and yeah. he's like it's like I, I think it's with the goth kids the goth kids like so don't you want to like revel in your toil and mis- like in toil in your misery and he's like no i kind of like the fact that like something makes me feel so bad because that means yeah, there's yeah. something equally as good out there uh, no thanks i love life huh but you just got dumped well yeah and i'm sad but at the same time, I'm really happy that something can make me feel that sad. It's like, it, it, it makes me feel alive, you know? It makes me feel human. The only way I could feel this sad now is if I felt something really good before. So I have to take the bad with the good. So I guess what I'm feeling is like a beautiful sadness. I guess that sounds stupid. Yeah. 
And that's how I feel. Like for the same reason why, like for every like Dr. Sleep, which is an abomination, we have like a Vox Lux or something that's like the opposite side where even though I don't think Vox Lux is great, at least it's provocative and it's something different. Yeah. yeah. But the worst thing uh, that was if, for all our all our dedicated fans, that was my second thing I was thankful for this Thanksgiving. Bad media, because it makes the good media better. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and that's kind of what it comes down to. But, like, you have Ant-Man the Wasp. <laughs> that's nothing. Yeah. It's, that's, it, yeah. It, it, it's the, like, milk toast of cinema. There's literally nothing to it. It's wafer thin. It can't even get you fat because there's nothing to it. Mm-hmm. You yeah, sit down I, for I two even, hours. I saw that, and I couldn't tell you anything about it other than Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> does something. Yes, yeah. Characters do stuff. Costumes that look like every other costume you've seen that year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's familiar. It's safe. <sighs> Fuck movies. Get in the car. Get in the van. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. You're, you're gonna walk into like movie theaters, and there's gonna be a guy with a gun. Like you're gonna buy a ticket. I have to buy a ticket for uh, uh, okay, what's a movie that came out that's not like a property? Oh god, what's the last movie that wasn't a oh, Midway? I saw Midway. Oh, sure, sure. It's like it's like high like a ticket for Midway. Okay, that'll be uh seventy five dollars. Okay, you walk in. You're about to walk into your Midway showing. There's a guy like outside the Avengers Endgame showing with a gun, being like, "Get in!" But I bought a ticket for Midway. <laughs> I said, "Get in." Yep. Okay. Yeah. And you walk in like, okay, enjoy your stay. What? And you <laughs> And that's what it is. And that's <laughs> and that's essentially what's happening now. Except people are willingly going into the theater. Yeah. yeah. And they cheer on the guy with the gun. Jeez. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it now. All right, Rob. Cinema. Okay. Um, I think I obviously I well, let's do late night first. I'm sorry, um, we'll do snacks first. Obviously, sure. I did all mine. Um, do you have any snacks for this? Uh, that we my, did not mention. I think I already mentioned uh, my snack, some type of downer, because this was too happy for me. Uh, very, very gleeful, as Zach said in his notes. Um, but the other thing I was thinking from this, what if we had a, a video like this for the Cinemodities restaurant? Maybe not m- different musical numbers, but maybe just kind of like an infomercial for the Cinemodities restaurant. But here's the kicker, Zach. Only available on VHS. <gasps> only sell it as a VHS tape. Yep, I can do it. I can do so it. We we're gonna have to work out what we're gonna include in this video. But you know, good, good, uh, you know, thirty minute video, just showing off a bunch of features of the Cinematics restaurant. You know, there could be like a good, a good three minutes on the caviar glory hole. There could be a good three minutes on the uh, on the car wash where we use do all our dishes. I think that'd be great. We'd have our main, we integrated Main Street we were talking about earlier. We could have that whole thing showing off, uh, you know, Orson Welles' Deadite and be like, this is where most of our budget for wine goes and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking, like, let's get some Cinemodities advertisement out there. Because right now, I think the only advertisement we have is, I don't know, people filing missing persons reports and saying <laughs> that this was the last place they were seen. <laughs> Did we have advertising from Halloween three scenes of the witch? We'd hire a truck or a van to go around, like, like oh. playing the jingle, the restaurant or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was telling everybody to tune in at a certain time in Halloween three. Yes, yeah. We, I think we have that. So we'll we'll get the man. We have that. That's our man on the street advertisement. And now we'll have our home video advertisement with this VHS tape. Yep. I. You know what, folks? When he was saying all this, my last note I had. 
for the Cinemodis for the uh, making memories was voyeurism. Cinemodis <laughs> have its own version of official voyeurism. Okay, okay, perfect. Remember, it's not creepy if it's official. I'm just imagining getting like B-rolls of customers in the restaurant and like using them for a video like that, like going through the editing bay and being like, can't use that one. Someone's throwing up. Can't use that one. Someone's deleting. Can't use that one. He gets kicked in the nuts. No. Okay. We probably could use that one. <laughs> can't use that one. The police have it as evidence. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. No releases for anybody. It's part no, of the, no. part of the terms and service that they sign yeah, at the start. The yeah. That we on the kiosk. The very their, beginning. Yeah. We could use their likeness like forever. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of where, oh, going back to Disney, I just read this in the last couple days. Um, actually, when you buy a ticket to Disney, uh, and when you buy a ticket, you're signing, you're by handing over your money, you're signing like a hundred pages of like terms of service. And one oh. of them is they can use your likeness in any promotional footage without any sort of uh, restitution. Jeez. So you can all honestly, they could, they can make another Disneyland fun right now, prominently feature you mm-hmm. and they can do it. You have no legal recourse. Man, that's crazy. That's insane. The fact that nobody has it. Like, if this was any other company that was doing this, the backlash would be insane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the fact that it's Disney, they hide behind that. And it's like, wake up, sheeple. Wake up, Danielle. That's that's what America is. America is Danielle. (laughs) The world is Danielle. And they're hypnotized by the goddamn Disney attraction. Yes. Oh, that's great. I love that analogy. Snap out of it, Danielle. Cut the shit. Get moving. Do something. Folks, I want you, anytime you go to the movies and there's a Marvel movie playing or a Disney movie or anything and people are walking into it, I want you to scream at the people walking into the theater, cut this shit and snap out of it, Danielle. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have, like, I don't think I said this before, but my notes is like five lines of all caps text of me screaming about Danielle. And that's the first one is cut the yeah. shit and snap out of it. Yeah. Yep. That's what I want you. That's going to be the new Cinematis rallying cry. Knights of Vader has, remember all they're on. Cinematis would be cut the shit and snap <laughs> out of it, Danielle. <laughs> We're going to put down t-shirts. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh God. All right, Rob, any other snacks? No, that was, that was all I had for this one. I was, uh, with how short it was. And I was, you know, getting into the, the nonsense of some of the background stuff. That was all I had. Very happy. Very happy what? video we watched. <laughs> One thing I do want, this is kind of like half joke, half real. I would love, love an Inspirity Complex's cover of all the songs on this, oh on this VHS tape. <laughs> I would love it. Just put it out there, kind of like half joke, half real. It's kind of like, will he take the bait? Will he not? I, and they, they don't have to be real, like full covers of like the whole song. Like it can be like the 30 second abridged version. I want it. That might be the only way to get Jeremy to do anything with this. If, if it's like, okay, okay, Jeremy, listen, Disney. His immediate response is no, no, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Twenty seconds each, and he's like, how many songs? And I'm like, well, take it one step at a time, man. Okay. (laughs) I would love this the inspirated complex version of zip 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 Love it. Would absolutely love it. That's um. I, uh, Zach and I have looked into it before with um, actors and stuff, but I, I know I've looked into it for music. Like, if you want to hire a band for like a, a private event or something, you're looking, you know, depending on the band, of course, but you're looking at like fifteen thousand to like forty five thousand dollars type of thing. And it's like when Zach is rich and famous, hit hit us up with a commission like that. 
<laughs> there we go. All right. So, okay. So wildest dreams, in other words. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's anywhere in the pipeline. <laughs> I want step in time. Step in time. Step in time. Never got a reason. Never need a rhyme. Maybe <laughs> that's how I sell it to Jeremy. I say, okay, Jeremy. Fascism. We're, we're doing. We're doing wartime propaganda. The album. And then we're. I'm gonna just give him the lyrics and stuff. And then eventually he'll be like, isn't. He's, isn't this a Disney song? <laughs> no. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, we'll talk about it when we're done. <laughs> oh God! All right, Cinemati and or late night movie, Rob. Uh, so Cinemati's, I'm gonna go with no. I think this is just an elongated commercial with hooks for children. You know, it's something that the kid watches it and goes, just like we we're talking about. Hey, I want to go there. I want to see that. Blah blah blah. It's a big infomercial. So no to Cinemati's because just an infomercial. Late night though. Fuck yes, I want to put this on late night. No one would expect it. It's the perfect thing because I'm always saying, like, I want some reaction from people. I want, you know, some discussion. This movie has it built in. You play this late at night and you start singing with the other people. It's great. So, yes, no to Cinemonies, yes to late night, 100%. Oh, no, Rob, we're split. Oh, God. <laughs> Absolutely, Cinemati. Um, just for the snapshot in time, the weird, goofy stuff in this video, whether it be the the voyeurism, the fascism yeah, tendency of the lyrics of some of the songs, um, wake up again, cut the shit, Danielle, snap out of it. Um, absolutely, Cinemati. Yes, for all the reasons. Late night movie, no, because I can't. This is a very peppy video. Like you said, it's way too much of a bubbly, bouncy. And I think it's late night. It takes away from that kind of like slow down nature. Sure, sure, yeah. Something, it's way you know, too peppy for a late night movie. Yeah, this might give you some energy before you uh, go to bed, and you might not no, want that. You don't want that. So I'm going to say yes to Cinemati, okay. no to late night movie. Okay. I'm going to. Start throwing this on randomly late at night. See what people think. <laughs> I, I look forward to it. I'd love to hear the reports back. And maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> and I'm going to start it. They're going to go, what is this? I'm going to go, cut the shit, Danielle. Just sit here and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. God damn it. Remember, folks, I want you all to know that when we first started recording this or beforehand, Rob and I said, okay, it's going to be another short episode like last week's episode. Yes, yeah. as, as we clock in at three <laughs> hours and ten minutes. Who who would have thought the Disneyland fun episode would be a top five yeah. longest episode? Whoever predicted that? And to fill in the uh, remaining two hours we want to go through, let's turn it over to Zach for The Shining Corner. What oh do we got boy. to say about The Shining this week? <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, uh, boy. All right, Rob. So I imagine we're going to have some reverse me uh, medley for the closeout of this, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you is uh, I know you took the reverse music last week. Are you are you taking it this whole series or are you because no, I, I think you'll be better okay. in medley. You'll have a better ear yeah, for medley. I think, I think the do a mashup type of thing for sure. OK, I like that. Right on. OK. All righty, folks. Until next week, when we talk about another uh, uh, Disney thing that's going to make everybody feel uncomfortable. Yep. Song of the South. And we're canceled. Oh, 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 oh,